You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 225, we're discussing the top nerd film trailers. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. Barely paying attention, but we got him here this week. <laughs> oh, Sunny, my Well, my dude. other sponsors are paying me more, so. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Nerd Room. And like you heard at the top there, we are going to be talking the top nerd film trailers. Guys, this is going to be a ton of fun episode. Trailers have become probably one of the things I anticipate the most about a film. That waiting for it, it drops, we discuss it. It creates that buzz, that atmosphere around the film. And we're going to look back at, you know, potentially films from the past, films from the present, films from potentially the future, where we think that they are the best nerd film trailers, in our opinions, of all time. And we're also going to talk on the side here, Batman again. He seems to crop up in every single episode that we have. He's got a video game coming, yeah, apparently. Baby. DC fandom. It looks like it's going to be a you know a massive event, and we keep hearing more and more about what is potentially going to be revealed at that event. And the Batman video game seems to be something that is now crept to the forefront of this. You know, is it an Arkham series? Is it something different? Batman Beyond, PlayStation Five. You know, we've we've lost a lot of these big conferences, E3 2020. So it seems like a prime place for DC to announce their next foray into the video game space. We're also going to do a little bit of a. Uh, would you rather what if and choose between a couple films here? Just a fun little tweet that Sanjay saw online here. And then just briefly touch on some TMNT reboot before getting in to our discussion about film trailers. Now, guys, we always do our weekend nerd at the top of this episode. But just before we get into that little bit of house cleaning at the top of this episode, we have partnered with a company called Get Vocal. Now, they're a platform that does provide a live streaming space for podcasts. They contacted us. We had a great discussion with them, and we decided to try this out. We're not big live streamers when it comes to podcasting, but it's a foray and something that we've talked about in the past as a group, maybe something we want to step into. So this Friday, guys, so if you're listening to this on Thursday, day of drop, that next day, July 3rd at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we are going to be going live for an hour in Get Vocals fandom friday block so the way this works this is like a tv station and you're just tuning into the nerd room at nine o'clock eastern time seven o'clock mountain time and we're gonna go on live we're gonna be talking actually about ourselves and that we're gonna be talking about collecting our nerd space and just having a little bit of fun there you know trying this out so guys that's friday july 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can work out the rest from there. Make sure to check that out. Go to getvocal.com or download the app in the App Store on your device and just sign up. You can do it right through Twitter. Boom, you're in. There's chat. You can jump in and talk to us a little bit if you want to. So let's try this out. Let's have some fun with it. Let's interact. Let's talk nerd. You know, I know you guys are sitting out there always yelling at us, you know, wanting to jump into that conversation. This is your opportunity to tell me that I'm wrong, to tell Sanjay that he's wild and crazy, to tell Troy <laughs> to pick you something up in the hunt and to ask the goddamn Batman what is going on with those McFarlane toys and why 
Are they so awesome? This is your opportunity, guys. So make sure to support us over there. Go jump into it and we'll have some fun. Now, speaking about the goddamn Batman, I had a message from our, our dude, Jared. So big shout out to Jared asking why the goddamn Batman isn't in the credits at the end of the episode. And that's been brought to my attention, guys. I will get to that. I will get Carlos's Twitter there. <laughs> I made the, the website. Yeah. Baby steps. It's yeah, on the website. He's still on probation. Yeah, he's still, it's still a trial year here. thing. Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing, right? Like, we got to get him through, you know, trials, this, that. Troy Sanjay and I got to have a discussion. Hey, is this guy worth keeping around? We'll see. We'll see. If it ends up in the trailer credits, then you know he's good. He's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> So the last we're still looking, we're still trying out that fourth spot, you know, we're yeah. still rotating, you know, he's just one of many options. I mean, there's <laughs> him, there's, I don't know who else there's Steven Spielberg has shown interest. Uh, James Cameron has dropped me a line. So could be anyone, could be anyone. Yep. Could be anyone. We'll leave that mystery out there. And guys, last piece of house cleaning. We got listener choice film review. Guys, we're likely doing this next week. And we threw up the poll on Twitter at the NerdRM where you guys can vote for what is coming next as far as a film review. We don't have trailers, guys. We don't have big movies to review. So we're looking back here. And we each chose a film to be not where we each nominated a film to be in this poll. And we've got TMNT 1990s. We've got Mortal Kombat 95. We've got Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. And we've got Blade from 98. So those are the, the mixture, you know, kind of pretty diverse and pretty wide breadth of films there. But those are the films that are up there. I believe TMNT is walking away with it right now, maybe even running away with it. So that potentially could be the film we review. But make sure you get those in. Most of them are on Netflix, I believe. Uh, check out the winner. It'll be revealed on Friday. And, you know, get out there and, and vote for that. Most of you won't hear this until the vote is closed. But nonetheless, it's <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. And next week, we should be reviewing that film. Okay, that is it. That is the house cleaning for this week. Let's jump into our weeks in nerd. And I know, guys, it has been a very intense action figure week for myself. And it's funny because some, you know, as we get towards the end of the weekend, we get a little bit more cagey because we want to be, or I want to have a bit of a surprise on our weekend nerd for each other. And so I know a few of you have gone, been out there on the hunt, reading some comic books as well. So let's have it. Carlos, my dude, what have you been up to this week? I know you got a story. You've, you've revisited one of our friends up north. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, man. It, uh, it's been a good weekend nerd. It started off slow. I had my notes going and I thought uh, all I'd be talking about is the little Batman collage table that my girls and I... Beauty. But... Uh, put together on Father's Day, so that got finished, and a picture of it is on the show's Instagram, and I thought I'd be talking about the Doom Patrol Season 2 premiere, but uh, it ended up being a weekend. Let me tell you, all thanks to my man Troy there, set <laughs> me, uh, point me in the direction of a Kijiji find for the symbiote Spider-Man figure and the Civil War Black Panther fig. I was like, oh, this is dangerous liaisons, but uh, ended up going back and forth with Buddy for a bit and then uh, sending my brother to the far reaches of <laughs> South Calgary. And um, yeah, he ended up meeting up with this guy and I got a smoking deal on those two figures. And uh, it was funny, he had shown pictures of them of just the figures. And so I messaged him back saying like, whatever with the Build-A-Figure pieces, but I got to have the extra hands and the swap out heads and whatnot. So he's like, oh, yeah, 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 they'll, they'll come. And so when he gave my brother the figures, 
uh, I ended up getting them that same day and taking a look. And he actually gave me pieces from different Spider-Man. So the symbiote Spider-Man that I got, it's the Craven 2-pack symbiote Spider-Man. But he gave me the hands that I would have wanted from the original release, but then one whipping hand. So I was like, well, you know, you kind of did me dirty, but I kind of like what I got. So that's cool. <laughs> and then uh, with the Civil War Black Panther figure, he gave me the sweet original masthead sculpt with all the silver accents and the proper details in it. But then he gave me the M'Baku Chadwick Boseman head sculpt. Oh, that's a way better head sculpt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I was like. Dude, I don't know if you accidentally gave me the pieces you were keeping for yourself or what happened, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's worked out. And it was funny. I, I shared it with Tim, but I ended up getting a text from my brother when he's like, dude, are you sure these things are worth 20 bucks a piece? They're like the size of my hand. <laughs> and I sent it to Tim. I'm like, this message right here basically embodies the difference between me and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I had to read it a couple of times. I was like, what is, like, I don't understand the, di- okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because for me it's like that's a steal of a deal and for him it's like what are you wasting your money on but uh yeah it all worked out and a uh, big shout out to my uh, little bro there for saving me about an hour and 20 minutes of drive time to go <laughs> grab those guys so yeah i was pretty happy with that and then uh sunday a bit of a rainy day here and uh you know we got a really nice message from our man dave up at snap collectibles yeah, in airdrie out. Um, he had dropped Tim a little message. He had listened to the show when we talked about the store and said, Hey, you know, he appreciated that and, uh, wanted to show us some love and Sunday kind of sitting around and, uh, I decided to take the girls on a road trip up there. So very impromptu, like an hour or two before they closed the store, we headed up there and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Like there was a lot of bro love going on cause, uh, you know, we all made the connection and whatnot, and the homeboy hooked me up with a smoking deal. We left with lots of treats from there. So my uh, oldest ended up picking up a mint Lex Luthor superpowers action figure, complete with his little, uh, the gear that goes on the top of the suit. So that's a bit hard to find. And she bought herself this like Superman 4 golden book, <laughs> just because nice. she liked the, yeah, it had like this little hand-drawn like Superman's 50th anniversary little thing in the corner of it. And she's like, I really love it for this. And I was like, oh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, my youngest, in honor of Tim, like she's searching around and opens this bucket and she's like, daddy, can I get this? It's a little expensive, but can I have this? And I was like, why do you want this? I've been showing you Spidey figures. I've been showing you the DC stuff around here. Like of all the things you decide to pick, a vintage Dr. Ian Malcolm and his <laughs> janky velociraptor that he comes with. That's such a cool fig. I have yeah, it, literally like, have it in my room here. <laughs> like the parachute kind of harness thing on him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes, I was like, this makes no sense, but I'm, uh, I'm loving this choice. So how can I say no? Did she get the, did then, she get the glider with it too? No. So Not. it was just Malcolm and the, uh, and the dinosaur. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> so yeah, those, those that's what they picked, and then uh, I ended up finding the uh, the OG, the mascot figure for the Nerd Room podcast, the Batman Returns Michael Keaton, uh, Bruce Wayne figure with oh, like nice. the, the little <laughs> red accent. Nice. On. Yeah. I have one yeah. packaged at my parents' house, but I was like, I need this guy loose rocking around here. Yep. That sweet Keaton head sculpt, and uh, that's that's who it's all about lately. And then uh, as I was 
settling up, he's like, dude, I got to ask. It's like, I'm not being chase three salesman, but you're going to take that 66 Batmobile. I was like, ah, he's like, cause I've had two people looking at it long and hard. And I was like, yeah, throw it in there. So <laughs> finally having a collection, the like five and a half inch diecast metal Corgi Batmobile. It's like, pretty much completely mint has both the Batman and Robin figures in there. The blade works. It actually has like one of the three rockets in there, which are tiny. They're the size of a pencil tip. So as you can imagine, those things got lost all those years ago. And uh, yeah, I think the version that I have is like the Wizzy wheels version from like 1972. One of those, but the has all the glass on it. It's got a pretty sharp paint job on it. It's cool. Like I'll, I'll post a pic of our haul from Snap there in the Instagram after we finish recording. But uh, yeah, I, it's uh, it's a neat thing to have because I remember having that thing when I was like two or three years old. Like we moved to Edmonton for like a year for my dad taking a job. And I remember them giving this to me as this like <laughs> consolation prize for uproot, uprooting me from my life kind of thing. It's like, oh, here's this used Batmobile that the people that lived here before us probably left behind. But uh, here you go. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my weekend in nerd. Or, but uh, yeah, That's it was quite the haul. Well done, well That's done, man. Awesome, and you know, big shout out to to Snap Collectibles. And guys, if you do end up going up to Snap Collectibles and you hear them on here, just mention the podcast name we're up there uh, when you're talking to Dave and, and the family there. I would highly encourage you get up there. Uh, it's something that I'm now seriously contemplating going up there this weekend. It's a bit of a long weekend here in in Canada, and uh, it might be time head back up and do a bit more hunting now that you've i didn't realize there's Jurassic park stuff there now i'm intrigued <laughs> big time <laughs> yeah, yeah mj found this bin in there and uh yeah it was hilarious because after that bin came out there was uh, no looking at anything else oh, yeah. and yeah i i think it was just like there was something that i was interested in sitting on top of it and i kind of picked it up and looked at it and she looked through and saw the dinosaurs in the in the bin and off we went so Oh, yeah, it's cool. All sorts of treasures in there. All sorts awesome. of treasures. Something new every time, which is awesome about stores like that. Yeah, for sure. Dangerous too. Very, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my dude, Troy. What's yeah, going man. on with you, man? You've you've been a little quiet this week. I'm interested. You know, yeah. You know, oh yeah. It's 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 been a slow week. But you know what? I'm distracted. Actually, we're recording right now, and you guys can't see. But the goddamn Batman himself. This is how baller this guy is. He has the Batman uh, shadow going on without even knowing like, the yeah. shadow right now is Batman. I'm just, I can't help but look at this. This is awesome. Like, man. <laughs> this is great. But um, anyway, so my, my week of nerd going off of Batman, um, I got a steal of a deal, man. I got the uh, the DC Black Label hardcover um, Batman Damned by uh, oh, Brian Costello. Nice. Yeah, man, it's 10 bucks, and I think it retails for like $39.99. So... I couldn't go wrong with that. I'm a sucker for these trades, man. Especially a hardback is just cool, a hardcover. Um, and I also did got you get the, little... the X-rated version. We gotta ask. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. So it's censored. <laughs> it was censored, and um, I gotta say, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't too pleased with this one, man. The art yeah. was nuts. The art was incredible. <laughs> it was like Alex Ross, but a little more comic booky. The colors were popping. Um, like Gotham felt alive. Everything was it, was it was incredible. The art was just fantastic. I can't go on enough. But the the story was a little mixed, man. Especially coming off of Azzarello, because dude, like that guy for me had one of the best 
new 52 runs ever, which was the Wonder Woman run. Like, that yeah, was baby. incredible. Absolutely. So, you know, for this guy to have his hands on the Batman, I don't know what was going on, but it was just a little all over the place. The, the, uh, the end didn't really work for me, especially with the synopsis that they laid out, which really got me intrigued by, you know, the Joker has been killed. That's the whole synopsis, basically, that you you, know, you need to get in. And uh, I thought, okay, this is a cool angle. I like where we're going, and I just didn't like where it ended. Uh, there's a relationship, too, between Constantine in there. There's basically like the Justice League Dark makes an appearance in this one, and just didn't feel like anybody was very likable in this book, especially Batman himself. Uh, Sonny, did you finish that one? I did a while ago. I can't remember. From what I remember, I really dug the first two-thirds of it. Yeah. And then I felt like at the end, it kind of just ended abruptly. Like I felt yeah. like there should have been a fourth book, but yeah. it's been a long time. Um, I it's yeah. I can't remember this book probably came out like a year and a half ago. So it's been a while, but I do remember enjoying it, but uh, not as much as I thought when I first started reading it. Like I thought yeah. like, okay, this is going to be like a classic all timer. And then at the end it was like, yeah, it was like a solid, solid good batman story like a one-off elseworlds mm. but it wasn't like earth-shattering or groundbreaking as yeah. the first issue made me think it would be yeah especially because at least for me i mean this this i want to say the bat label um has been pretty cool uh most of the stuff's been really good especially coming off of uh snyder's um uh last night on earth basically like oh, i thought yeah. that yeah. that whole thing That's was just so incredible good. right so going into this is a little weaker but um Switching up from there to end off my week in nerd because it's, it's super light. I got my hands on like I think it's the Toy Biz error of uh, the Spider Man uh, Iron Spider when oh. uh, during the Civil War. So when he's in like the metallic red with nice. the the yellow um, you know legs going on, which was weird because he only has three legs. It's always been a weird thing in the comic book. Like <laughs> why does he have three? <laughs> but um, it's it's whack, man. Honestly, I got the figure and I was like, oh, this is gonna be cool. And then I like I posed it. I'm like, I can't do anything with this guy. It's like. It's okay, but I can't wait for Hasbro to make a new one. I'm pretty sure they will eventually, um, especially because that's a Spider-Man wave they haven't, or Spider-Man figure they haven't mm-hmm. hit. Which is surprising um, they haven't done it, eh? Which they haven't done, especially, you know, with uh, Infinity War. Well, they did the Iron Spider suit that was in that Iron Man 2-pack, right? There's that Toys R Us exclusive, but yeah, they haven't yeah. done the comic version, because that would have been, yeah. like, what, circa 2006, 2007, that figure came out? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think they've done like two different versions during like the Toy Biz era because mm-hmm. there's another one that has like better articulation. But this guy, like his wrist doesn't even move. He has like finger articulation over like wrist articulation, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, came with a cool stand though. But um, yeah, man, <laughs> apart from that, <laughs> do they, do the arms like, do they like the iron arms move? Like, are they articulated? Sure. So, so Carlos will know much like um, the McFarlane's uh, Golden Armor Wonder Woman, how her wings are on like a, a ball joint. Mm-hmm. Spider Man's are kind of like that too. It's on a ball joint, and then the actual like arms have some articulation. So the arms okay. are kind of cool, but because it's on a ball joint, it's on like a restricted ball joint, so you can't actually move it wherever you want. You have to rip it out and pop it back in where you oh, want to place it instead of just being able to move it. Um, I have the original like um infinity war spider-man iron spider mm-hmm. but i don't have the deluxe one but i know the deluxe one came with the extra arms so yeah. i don't know how those ones work compared but i'm sure they work a lot better than this uh this toy biz version but um yeah man that's that's it man it's it's light light work light yeah. work this week yeah, sometimes you're gonna man, throw he... some customization on that one buddy no i think i'm done with this one i i thought about it i thought maybe <laughs> you could just do like a head swap but i'm like ah this one's this one's r.i.p man this is <laughs> this is it for me <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit and miss it's nice to have yeah. those down weeks though because they they make the up weeks balance out 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Sonny, man, what did you get up to this week? Yeah, man, if you thought Troy's was a light week, uh, strap in. You're in for a lighter week. Um, for me, not much at all, to be honest with you. Um, I did get around to watching the season finale of Harley Quinn season two. Um, just a fantastic show. Uh, can't say enough good things. I really hope there's a season three. Um, the last episode was fantastic. Like it was a perfect way to end that season. There's like an Easter egg with crisis with crisis on infinite earths in there. And then there's like a cameo. Um, so basically the story is, it's like it's uh, poison Ivy's wedding and she's marrying kite man. Um, and uh, Catwoman shows up and her date is Tim Burton which is awesome and it's such a cool like cameo slash easter egg and yeah i won't spoil like too much of it just just awesome i just can't wait for season three um just a great show and you know harley quinn was a character that i i heard a lot about and i didn't really like know too much i was just like yeah like i saw her in the animated series she's pretty cool uh, i guess i don't really like get the hype around her um you know i was like batman has so many cool villains she's just one of many and then when she's having her own show, I'm like, that's cool. That's really cool, like, branching out. Um, and then and then I watched it, and I was like, man, I totally dig. Like, I'm totally, like, there with, like, the Harley hype now. Like, And, and like, Birds of Prey, obviously, and, like, Suicide Squad was super, super cool and stuff. Um, but, like, this animated series just, like, reinforces that, like, Harley's an A-lister now. Um, and she is such a great character. Um, funny, likable, and, man, this show is just awesome. And... I, I just can't wait to see more of her and uh, season three and then James Gunn, the suicide squad. She'll be in those. So yeah, man, riding the Harley train. So that's, uh, that's for my weekend nerd. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nice that you guys all had a quiet because the balance in the universe has shifted in my direction here. Cause <laughs> man, like, you know, those, those weeks where Troy's out, you know, doing the Craven thing and yeah. you just scooping everything that comes at him. I had one of those weeks and it's just, like I said, towards the end of the week, it just compounded on itself. So I've been chasing this Age of Ultron Hulk that was in that two-pack, the 10th anniversary two-pack. And to be honest with you, I thought it was, for the most part, just a a repackaging of the actual Age of Ultron Hulk that came single-packed back in 2015. And I've made this list now of I want to get all the MCU legends. I've always wanted to do this, but I've actually been actively trying to do it now. And this thing popped up for 20 bucks on Kijiji. I went and got it. It's an awesome figure. It's more of the Age of Ultron crazy Hulk after the Scarlet Witch kind of messes with his mind. And so they've got a slightly grayed tone like like he was in the movie. A new face sculpt from the one that was released in single pack. He's got his eyes redded out. He's got kind of almost hair painted on his chest. Veins that are kind of popping in different ways. It's a great figure. And when you stand and compare them versus the, the single pack Hulk, like they're great to have side by side in the sense that it's two different versions of the Hulk that we saw in Age of Ultron. And so it's it's a great figure. <clears throat> 20 bucks on that one. And then continuing with the Legends, I got my hands finally on the Infinity War Thor from the Call of Obsidian Build-A-Figure. This is another great figure. I had a hell of a time trying to get this figure. Every time I popped up on Gigi, it sold. I went to the local... And he had dug some stuff out from the basement and was literally just sitting there. And I had gone in just to get my comic books. And I was like, well, here we go on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's it's a great fig. Troy, you've seen this fig. You have this fig. 
it's it's great. The axe actually is is the better than the Endgame axe that you got with uh, the Build a Figure Thor, not the Bro Thor. So it's pretty cool. Great to have these two legends. And then guys, this is like the piece of resistance to, for this week. As I talked about the the pre order for the Stan Lee, the Marvel Legends Stan Lee, and it came in. Good lord, guys, this is a figure. So this is a Avengers version of Stanley. So this fits into the MCU collection. He's got the the cap shield signed by Stanley. The box Ooh. art is exceptional. It is on another level. It's not just your normal legend card art. It's got Excelsior written down the side. It's got a signature on the front of the window. It's slightly different uh, packaging when it comes to the legends. And this thing, like it's specialized packaging. It's an unbelievable figure. And the only legend I'm leaving in box. That's how good the box is. So it's going up in the collection, but it's sitting there in box because it's almost like a statue. It's so cool. It's it's a must-have for any MCU collectors for sure. And just, you know, with the passing of Stan Lee, it's it makes that all the more important of a figure to have in that MCU collection. I hope they do more. I'd love to see them do variants on Stan Lee of his appearances throughout the MCU. This being the Avengers appearance like let's give him a guardian's appearance give him like you know what i mean like i think it'd be a ton of fun to see a series of stan lee's uh in marvel legends form absolutely absolutely brilliant and the last thing is so many eb games picking up the stan lee and it just it's funny because over the weekend it just wasn't meant to be so i go to eb games i think it's open till eight i roll up close at seven <laughs> so back home i went i go the next day i forgot all forms of payment I get in there. He gives it to me. I'm like, ah, damn, I have no idea way to pay for this back home. Then I came back and then I decide, okay, I've been here three times. While I'm here, I got to pull the trigger on the TMNT neck splinter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so while I'm there, I also grab the neck splinter because I'm getting nervous that this stuff's going to disappear soon. And so I grabbed that another unbelievable NECA figure guys. Like, I am all in with this NECA turtle stuff and a holy geez, only from the first movie until maybe they start doing the second movie, which they already are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I love putting this little collection together on top of the legends and all that. It, it's been a ton of fun. It's been all about action figures this week, guys. And I'll throw a picture up on online of, of the acquisitions here, but it's uh, it's been it, the thing too. It's all been reasonably priced. You know, nothing is outside of the golden rule. Everything is digestible, and everything that I got is is on point. So absolutely loving the figure hunt this week. It's, you know, like we always say, it's about that fig life. You know, ain't no shame. You know, wherever you can get them, you got to get them. And, hell, it was, a, it was a great week, and then it was capped off. And this is another big shout-out to, to goddamn Batman here who put me on to this. As I got through issue two and reread issue one of Strange Adventures. My first, yeah, my first foray into DC Comics. And I'm I'm loving this book. It's got so the second book introduces you to introduces me to the character of Mister Terrific. And oh yeah, the whole book I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know what's going on. And then it nicely comes together. This is I think Tom King's just done a brilliant job with these first two books. Is because I find myself as a comic book reader that usually feels in the know, like on the stuff that I'm reading, like I understand kind of what's going on. I don't know anything that's going on and I'm finding myself being like, I want to know what's going on. And it's not usually till the end of the episode when it all kind of clicks. And so it's such a really cool experience to have with a character I'm unfamiliar with, a, a company and a style of writing that I'm unfamiliar with. 
and just having that just come at me in a, in a very different manner, a very different experience of comic book reading. And so I'm loving Strange Adventures, man. Like, Carlos, I know you read both those books. You, you kind of feel in that same way about them, about the love being being thrown at it? Oh, oh man, the love. Like, even Mitch Gerards, the artist on Strange Adventures, or one of the two showed Tim some love for uh, <laughs> dipping into the Team DC. <laughs> yeah, because I posted about uh, Tim Re- buying his first DC book in years and years and yeah he's like oh we got one and yeah we got one it seems like so yeah i uh my love of that book is magnified by you gushing over it too but uh yeah that issue was so fantastic like the the way they introduce you to michael holt and Mm -hmm. just so subtly um lay out that this is the smartest man in the world and this is why batman enlisted him to take care of business and like they have these little vignettes of Batman and the, the Mitch Gerard's Batman is unreal. Like he just draws them so cool. Yeah, it's really it's good. Like, yeah. But you don't even miss him because Mr. Terrific is so compelling. And then in the whole background, you have this, who knows what's going on with Adam strange and it's, Atlanta and his family. And the, Oh, it's, it's really good. Intrigue. It's, it's, the intrigue. Yes. Is it right? Is it gets me and it kind of hits you in that, that old style of like, like rocketeer and what's it, what's the inspiration for star Wars flash Gordon, like all these types, it kind of hits you there. And then it also brings yeah, in these different sure. elements and it, it's just kind of this, this nice throwback modernized. And then you add in this Mr. Terrific stuff. And I had like, at first I was like, what is like, I don't understand what's going on, but by the time I get to the end of the book, it's like, yes, like I understand this character fully and I've spent one book with him. I did a little Wikipedia after on who he actually was to kind of get that insight. But the book did enough work that I was like, I understand who this guy is, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and he's cool, right? Like He's awesome. It, it, it just like it brings joy to my heart because I can imagine you being a guy who's like unfamiliar with him going through this book and it's like, who is this dude? And then when he suits up at the end and he's got his like fair play jacket yeah. going on and stuff like that, I can just see like the the cogs going in your brain and that you fell in love with them uh, over the course of this single issue is awesome. Yeah. So cool. Uh. It is, it's very cool because I know when the way that it's drawn is I should have known who this character was at the end of the first issue because they showed the sleeve, right? Like if you're versed, I think, in this universe, you would have got that. But then I didn't put it all together until through the second issue, which is is it's a cool way to experience stuff. Well, and it's funny because I read it uh, like the day it came out, and I fully intended on sending you a quick wiki. But I had that thought late at night, and every time I remembered, it was just an inopportune time to do it. So, yeah, to, this almost made it cooler that I never did get around to it, and you had the experience you did yeah. with the book. It's really cool. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Looking forward to next steps here on. Uh, on making a, a bit of a dive into the the alternate parts of, at least for me, of comic book reading, because it's kind of a new pathway that I'm trying to forge. And the next book up that has been purchased is the TMNT issue 101. Um, oh, it's the, the one I'm going to jump into here, guys, because I know you've been recommending that quite a while ago, and I finally started to carve out time to read comic books again. So, yes, it's it's been a been a great intense week for me, and maybe looking forward to a bit of downtime this week. But you know, we're always going to be on the hunt, boys. <laughs> so let's jump into some of the news for this week. We're going to kick it off with Batman. We got a video game coming or rumored to be coming at DC Fan. This is on August 22nd. They've got. 
all kinds of reveals planned on that. Everything from Suicide Squad to the Batman to cartoon stuff, animation, whatever is coming. But the one thing that was recently rumored is a Batman video game. Now, Troy, I got to get your comments on this. I know both you and Carlos are, are big video game players in this space here. There's rumors of it being maybe an Arkham type of uh, Origins reboot. They're talking about maybe a Batman Beyond, drawing some influence from there. What what do you want to see for what's inevitably going to be some sort of PlayStation 5 reveal of a Batman game? Like, what is it that you want out of this? Um, I would go, I mean, if it's in the same vein as the Arkham series, because I think, I think they're dropping their name. Um, Arkham, because this is um, it's not Rocksteady that's doing this one. That's done the last, well, it's done three of the games out of the four. Uh, WB Montreal, I believe, did uh, Arkham Origins, and I think they're returning to do this one. So, um, yeah, man, I think right now it's it's time for us to get that uh, Court of Owls. If we're not going to get the movie, damn it, then we need the game. So, <laughs> give us the game, and um, and and to make it even better, give us the Nightwing co-op. Um, Nightwing had, you know, there's the Court of Owls, and then there's the City of Owls, which was Nightwing's uh, run, which was awesome because honestly, uh, Nightwing's probably more connected to the Court of Owls than Batman. So, I would love to see those two team up in the game and give us that Court of Owls. Uh, gameplay i'm still keeping the combat um like the arkham franchise but um yeah just just figure out a way how to give us that that co-op aspect much like what i guess this new um square enix avengers game Mm -hmm. that's going to be going on so um yeah i'm excited i just don't know if it's going to be like in the world of arkham because basically arkham knight the the final game in that franchise at least at the time um basically kind of capped it off where no spoilers, but I mean, there wasn't really much you could do outside of that game unless you were moving on from Bruce Wayne and somebody else was going to be the Batman. So I don't know if they're going to go the Arkham Origins route where this is something that took place in between, say, Arkham City and Arkham Knight or even between Arkham uh, Asylum and Arkham City. I'm not too sure. Um, but it's interesting, man. I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get some stuff when that DC is it DC fandom. fandom? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get something big because um, I guess with E3 obviously being out, they couldn't really put the thing on there. And I don't think they really want to, you know, kind of put their uh, their gameplay or any kind of teasers out with the PS5 conference because it kind of it might have got lost in the sauce a bit yeah, with things sure. like the Miles Morales and Gran Turismo and all those cool games as an evil. So I think the best place it would be would be on that, that DC fandom. And I mean, the timeline will match up too, right? Because we'll have... Um, We'll have Robert Pattinson's Batman mm-hmm. uh, probably somewhere around then. Um, it's going to be a pretty big year for DC. And then obviously we'll have the HBO Max Justice League with with Affleck's Batman. So it would make sense for that movie or that game to kind of come out within the next two years there. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I'm excited, yeah. though. I'm excited. I need this. I need this. I'm playing I'm playing PS4 <laughs> Spider-Man right now. And I just can't wait to go back in, to Gotham and uh, be the goddamn Batman. Because we can't always be the goddamn Batman, Carlos. Come on, now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Share that. Some of us can. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, too. That's the point. Like, Batman is having one hell of a year. Um, ama- I wouldn't even call it a resurgence because the guy never went away. But it's like everything you can think of, every facet of the, the 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 art of what we do is coming to fruition here from the action figures video games movies another movie it, it's been unbelievable man goddamn batman i gotta hear your opinion on an, a video game now you guys you've gotten a mountain 
of Batman things thrown at you in the last little bit, notwithstanding the announcement that Keaton could be returning last week. But here we are again. Batman is a focal point of the cast. How how you feeling about this, man? Is it's got to be elation? <laughs> oh, elation is perfectly put, and just like Troy laid it out so well. Like there's little to add there. Like probably the biggest thing for me is this changes my plans of hunting for that Miles Morales version of a PS5 and now crossing <laughs> my fingers for an Arkham version because I, I love my boy Miles. I love yeah. him a lot, but uh, when you're the goddamn Batman, you got to take care of business. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm hoping that this is a soft reboot of the what they did with the Arkham stuff, but I am glad that they're moving away from that Arkham franchise because tying it to the Asylum stuff did handcuff them a bit. So if it's a fresh start, but if you're going to keep the best parts of that game engine, the best parts of the world, expand out your multiplayer, like the Spider-Man PS4, I think is the floor for what you have to get to. So if they can get to that and then, you know, move on past, like I love what Troy's saying about maybe some Nightwing gameplay, do some co-op or uh, have a selectable character for the main game would be awesome. Quarter Owls is what I'm hearing too. So there's so many facets that you could explore with that. Um, Yeah, like if it's a Batman Beyond game, I'd be a little surprised. I think the Beyond stuff comes out of the... uh, there's a bit of a stinger at the end of Arkham Knight if you've 100%ed it. Um, got a bit of a, a tease that nobody knew where it was going to lead kind of thing. So I think that might be something that Rocksteady would explore if they come back to it. But I don't I don't know if Rocksteady is even a thing anymore. I think but, they're doing uh, the uh, the Birds of Prey. I think that's uh, or sorry, is it? Yeah, the Birds of Prey game. Yeah, I think they're tied Suicide to Squad, that right? The Suicide Squad. Sorry, that's the one I believe they're tied to. Yeah. Okay. Rocksteady. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited. This reminds me of uh, like Spider-Man Homecoming year or Homecoming year or Far From Home year. But it was the year that we got like Spider-Man PS4. We got an MCU Spider-Man movie yeah. and we got Into the Spider-Verse as like the capper for the year. Right. Yeah, and that's Infinity Infinity Spider-Man year. figures too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. year, man. Yeah. So it's all good. Like I hope my Uncle Todd is ready with that plastic to give us those game <laughs> figures, to give us Uncle the Todd. Snyder Cut figures, yeah, to give us the Pattinson figures, and then you gotta give me Bruce Wayne, yeah, Michael Keaton, yeah, you do, great oh. up, yeah, oh, great up, and I'm hearing rumblings that he'll have that Kingdom Come suit that I think is Ooh. perfect for an older Bruce Wayne. Oh, come on. Yeah, I think it was Variety or Hollywood Reporter said for sure he's in a costumed role. So he's not going to be just man in the chair the whole time. And if he's going to have a costume, like I think that's the perfect one because it it has a bit of explanation as to how this guy who's that old and who's obviously taken his licks is uh, still out there kicking ass and taking names. So (laughs) there it is, man. Awesome. I like that. So you got this message to the Mrs. Goddamn Batman. That's 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 on you guys. <laughs> All those things coming from Uncle Todd. That's on you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> if it, if it's got the bat on it, there's no blaming Tim for that stuff. No, I, I'll take the heat for the rest for sure. <laughs> now, now, Sonny, man, you, you made a comment a few weeks ago that, that you were tired of the Batman being all over everything. Now yeah, that we're getting man. news that there's there's a Suicide Squad game, but there's also another Batman game coming here. 
you know, you've been playing with the idea. I know you've been going back and doing a bit of retro gameplays with N64 and all that. But does this intrigue you enough to get you across that that line to get to the PS5 to maybe consume a Spider-Man game, consume a Batman game? Is this it for you? Um, it's in the realm. Like to be honest, I'm more excited about the Suicide Squad game. Um, I'd be more excited about a Superman game. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna lay out my cards here. Even like a Green Lantern game would be pretty dope. I feel like not that Batman's tired, but like we've seen so many cool Batman stuff and I feel like DC is kind of just leaning on one guy. And I think that like, that's a mistake because as cool as Batman is, and don't get me wrong, Batman is dope and he has the best movies and he has the best villains and he has the best TV shows and he has the best animated shows and he has the best comic books. Hey, He's pretty much the best. Right. You're, you're drinking yeah. a Spider-Man cup. Come on. on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my, uh, well, it's cause my Batman one, I don't want it to get like wrecked in the wash. So it's uh. like in pristine condition, but I was just like Spider-Man. Yeah. Just check it in the wash. Man, like, those cups get destroyed <laughs> in the dishwasher too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that one, that's why, you know, the Batman one is washed by hand. Um, but I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like with Batman, like, they're just not, like, going outside the realm of Batman. Like, DC is more than just Batman. And, like, Troy, you mentioned about Nightwing. A Nightwing game where it's just Nightwing or just Robin would be super cool. And you could use like Batgirl and it could, you could use like Red Hood and you could use like all his other like um, allies that aren't just Batman. But as I mentioned, like, like a Green Lantern game would be super cool or like okay. a Flash game or um, Green Arrow or Aquaman. I mean, there's all this cool stuff that they could be doing. And I feel like they're just focusing on Batman. And like, I feel like there will come a time when people might get fatigued by Batman and they'll be like, yeah, like been I played years. Like... <laughs> yet, baby. I was waiting for that. <laughs> been 80 years. And the hits I, just I keep mean, coming. <laughs> I know. I know. But I feel like they're kind of just like putting themselves in a corner. Like if you look at Marvel here, okay, look at how many, we'll just like exclude video games for a second here, but like, look at how many movies have had sequels. You've had Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Guardians of the Galaxy. All those people have had a sequel to their movies. You look at DC in the history that they've ever done movies. The only characters that have had a sequel as of today, Batman, Superman, and Swamp Thing. Like, where are all these other characters? I know they're coming up now, but, like, you had all this time and you kind of just sat on them. And, like, you're just, like doing like Batman, 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 Batman. And it's cool. And like, you can do like Batman and like other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, we have Batman and we have a Suicide Squad game. That's what I want to know about. It's like, okay, what is this game going to be like? Who can I be? Can I be Black Manta? Can I be Killer Croc? Can I be King Shark? Can I be Harley Quinn? Can I be Joker? Like all these villains, can I be Deadshot, right? And it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't want to say like enough of the Batman because like, every batman thing i'm there for you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm there for the movies i'm there for the comics um i'm there for like the animated series and stuff but it's just like there comes a point when it's just like man like batman's cool and all but like let's do like a superman thing like you have superman just like sitting in the sidelines like this is like the og superhero and like you're talking about like doing like 
you have like four Batman cast, okay, in like movies, and like Superman Henry Cavill's just sitting there, and my man doesn't even have a sequel. He's just sitting there sequelless. And you're like, hey, like let's do like yeah, Batman dude. Beyond, and like let's do Ben Affleck's Batman, let's do Robert Pattinson's Batman. They're like, Batman's so cool. We gotta have three different streams of Batman. <laughs> and then what? there's just like, yeah, but Superman, like maybe you can come to like the lunch table. Like we'll we'll give you a cameo without a head in Shazam. Well, look here. Here's the thing yeah. that, from my perspective, again from the periphery of of all this, is that I look at it in two facets. Is one Batman sells. You know, like the the Batman gets you into the universe. And two, I look at 2020 as the true rebirth of DC, in my opinion, at least from like, like I said, from the periphery is that like, this is the momentum that DC has got in the last six months is absolutely incredible. And so I think it's coming, man. I think this stuff is coming, but you need to pave the way a bit first. And I think Batman is the person to do that. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about Superman slowly grading him back into the film universe, building up to his sequel and allowing people to reinvest themselves into these characters. Like, I don't think you could go and do an Aquaman game. I don't like, I don't know much about like the engines and how underwater stuff works and all that, but like Batman sells right now. Batman is hot right now. Cause you've got a reboot. You've got Affleck, you've got all this crazy stuff going on with Keaton and I agree with you. It's a lot of Batman, but to me, it feels right. Like, it's like, this is how we're going to pave the way into our new stuff. And then it's going to be the same fashion that they they leaned heavily on Iron Man for the MCU. And then all of a sudden you got Ant-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and all this stuff building out. And now they own the MCU, right? They own the franchise and your big three are gone for the most part. Like Thor's still kicking around, but Iron Man and Cap gone. And now Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, and and Ant-Man own those franchises, own that universe. And I see the same thing with DC is like Batman's going to pave the way and then he's going to like very possibly with Keaton become the man in the chair. And then you got guys like Cyborg, you got guys like Aquaman, Wonder Woman really driving the universe forward. And that's what people see as kind of the the, the figureheads of DC. And then they go with that. I To me, that's just a well-laid business plan. I might be completely wrong and they might just be going back to the same well again and again that like Carlos said has proven to be successful for 80 years but nonetheless I see this as kind of a step and even a step in the right direction Sanjay <laughs> <laughs> well you're kind of seeing it like HBO Max the DC mm-hmm. character at the forefront of their advertising was actually Wonder Woman mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff is it's starting to come so yeah, yeah. Well, I mean like a we'll Wonder see. Woman game would be incredible can you imagine oh, yeah. starting off on um, Themyscira oh. and then you have to like uh, you know, you fight train with other Amazons and Steve Trevor lands and you got to like win the Olympic games kind of thing to bring him back to man's world. And, you know, you come back to like, you take him back to Metropolis or wherever. And it's just like, you think about it. I'm like, man, like that sounds like a cool game. And like, Troy's nodding in agreement. I'm like, there's people that are paid money to like, think of video games. Like <laughs> they must have like the easiest job. It's like, what video game should we do today for DC? Batman, Batman, yeah, Batman. All right, let's call in lunch. Yeah, when we worked hard this week. Yeah, good job, good job, Bob. Good job, Bill. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, we did it. Was Jared and then, team and then, of like, all the, time? <laughs> and then the next like video game rolls around, and then they're like, "Oh shit, I got to be out of here by noon. I have a tea time." Batman again? Yeah, Batman. Batman. All right, Batman. All right. Yeah, so, no, we're good for another year. All right, see you later. Troy and Carlos, explain this to me, because I don't, I don't understand the leap between say a character and the ability to pull together 
a video game, a campaign, all these type of things, right? These are all words I'm using just because I heard them, not because I know exactly what they are. <laughs> but like, is it realistic to expect a Wonder Woman game, an Aquaman game, or does the mechanics behind the story and everything, does it work on the same level for Wonder Woman for like, I, I, again, I'm asking the question. I have no idea, but Troy, like, would something like that work in your, in your view, like the same fashion and same fanfare that Batman, the Arkham series and all that gets. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I hear a lot of what Sonny's saying and I, and I totally agree. Like a wonder woman game, especially coming off the heels. I've been saying it, uh, the God of war franchise, whether mm-hmm. you want to go with the old God of war or the new current one, those mechanics would work like butter with a Wonder Woman game. But I understand why we haven't gotten there yet because people forget, like, as cool as Batman Arkham is, the franchise, and as cool as the PS4 Spider-Man game is, you go back, like, 10 years ago, man, even a little bit more, and, like, superhero games were not cracking. Like, they just, they were not good. They struggled. Like, Superman 64 was horrible. (laughs) Um, You know, you had uh, the Thor video game. Even during the MCU time when we had, like, the Sega Iron Man game, it was horrible. The Thor game wasn't good. Uh, I think there was like a Green Lantern animated game. Like there was a lot of superhero games that just struggled, and it really wasn't till Man on Xbox. Remember yeah, that? Man. Yeah, I think was that <laughs> yeah. Xbox or was that GameCube? I remember like I think it's on both. He had platforms. a game, yeah. But it wasn't until the Arkham Man. Like Arkham came, and like that made people take Batman seriously when it came to the video games. So for Rocksteady and DC, it made sense to be like, okay, you struck gold, you struck lightning with Arkham One. Let's go with Arkham 2. Like, it wouldn't make sense for them to be like, oh, you did Arkham 1? Let's go make a Superman game. Let's go make a, a Wonder Woman game. It wouldn't make sense. So you had to kind of fill out that franchise. Plus, these games take like five, six, yeah. seven years to make sometimes. They take cool. a long, long time. So um, the movie also reflects on the property, too. So I think, like, now people are like, yeah, give me a Wonder Woman um, game because they've seen the movies. They're not all reading the comic books, but they've seen the movies and they love it. So I think a Wonder Woman is is due, and I'm sure we'll get it. Um the suicide, that's what I've been saying. The Suicide Squad one to me is kind of a weird pick because I think it, before if you're going to do something outside of Batman, you would go to your big three, which would be a Superman or a Wonder Woman. The Suicide game is kind of weird, but I guess it makes sense if you're going like a multi, a multiplayer or a big campaign, a mm. four player co-op online. Like, I guess that kind of makes sense because you could do that. I mean, probably if that Justice League movie really did pick up and people loved it, we probably would have a Justice League game right now. We'd probably be talking about the next mm. Justice League mm. game. So well, and, and, I think it's just a representation of like what else is out there besides the comic books, the movies, the TV shows, mm. right? Well, look how long it's yeah. going to get to an Avengers game. Like Avengers came out yeah. in 2012 and their peak popularity has been over the last five years. We're not going to see an Avengers film for potentially three to five years now. And yeah. it's it's there, but we're just getting to it. And I think they had quite a quite a time actually getting to this point, right? Well, it was really weird because they had like, we've had the Ultimate uh, Alliance franchise and we had that game come out last year. And even though it wasn't like movie accurate, you could see a lot of cues from the MCU characters. But before that, we did get like the big massive uh, online PC game, Marvel Heroes. And they ran into a lot of problems with like trying to keep up with the MCU because anytime like an MCU game would come out, they would try and come out and give you like the skins, the costumes that you could buy so you could look like the MCU characters. But there were some issues that happened to go along with that game uh, behind the scenes. So they had to shut that down. So it's kind of been hard because they, you know, um, Marvel's been really good with their um, their mobile games, their phone games. Uh, Future Fight 
is a big one out there, which is, again, looks very much like the MCU stuff. So I feel like they've just kind of been like taking their time to get to the point where they can actually put out something like this uh, Square Enix um, Avengers game. That's going to be quality because like like the movies, right? They don't like to rush it. They like to give you quality. And I feel like that's why mm-hmm. it's kind of taken quite some time after other games ending and licenses because licensing is a big thing, too. So they have to wait for a lot of licensings to end before mm-hmm. we get to this point mm-hmm. with um the avengers game so but dc has free reign because wc wb is like a different ballpark than disney right so mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah but game licenses it all depends on who they sold them to too right exactly so, yeah who knows yeah. yeah well i i think you know much to the point of troy there is is that sunny it's coming Patience, yeah, man. Patience, definitely. brother. Definitely. Well, and the other thing, too, is that the games are ridiculously expensive to make. Like, they're yeah. way more expensive to make than movies and sometimes. So it's like, why would you make an Aquaman game that's not going to be a for sure thing when mm-hmm. you can make a Batman game and know you're at least going to recoup your investment based on just guys who like Batman, right? So. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think like, it's like an investment as well. Like, even if the game, say, doesn't, like, do as well, then you pick up like, you know, people that wouldn't normally go to an Aquaman movie, and then they'd be like, "Oh, I played this game; it's super cool." And then like the next Aquaman movie comes out, and then they tell their friends. It's just like growing that brand. And I feel like DC does a really, really good job of growing Batman. I mean, he's growing from second banana next to Superman to he's like now like way ahead of Superman in terms of popularity. And it's just like, is that because Batman? is so popular or is that because dc grew his brand better than every, anyone else well well, a bit of both but i mean it's a lot easier for a studio to ask somebody to pay ten dollars to come see an aquaman film than to spend eighty dollars to come play an aquaman game so that's yeah kind of, that's kind of, that's kind yeah. of <laughs> if you're investing like 300 million in making that aquaman game and nobody drops the 80 bucks like there's some big triple a titles that are coming out that people aren't playing right like Mm-hmm. I got an email from EB Games saying you can't return Last of Us 2. And it just came out like not even 10 days ago. So, And that <laughs> game was not cheap for Sony to make. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you just never know. I think it's just such a risky proposition that they go with these evergreen type of franchises and characters because it's a bit of insurance on your investment. So, Dependability yeah. is big. Brand recognition. For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Well, let's let's move on here to to the next topic. We're going to do something that's a a little a little bit of a would you rather maybe. Um, this comes from a, a tweet that Sanjay threw in our DM, and we decided we're going to discuss it here because it was something that could lead to a little bit of. Well, debate. that sounds so like dirty. Like I sent you a tweet of like a would you rather in the DMs. Like, come on, man. Like this is a clean family show. Hey, like, man. <laughs> it's everyone understands when it's coming from you. It's all bets are off. <laughs> No man, this, for once I'm like on the up and up. You are I'm a here. Superman Boy Scout today. Yeah, you are. <laughs> now this comes from as this tweet comes from a, a individual named Movies Matrix. So credit to them for putting this together, and we're just boring this because it looked like a fun discussion to have. So it's basically a red pill, a red pill, blue pill type of scenario. Matrix, you know, being in the name, that uh, seems to be what he's all about here. And he's asked to choose, or they have asked to choose between a red pill, which is Star Wars and Indiana Jones, or a blue pill, which is the Dark Knight Nolan trilogy, these are the films, and Captain America. So we've got four sets of trilogies here, and they're pairing up Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Lucasfilm, and then the Dark Knight, Batman, and my dude Captain America, and asking us to choose. So I'm going to go around table here. I'm going to ask you guys to choose, and I'm also going to pitch in here as to which pill you'd consume. And the idea here is that 
once you consume that pill, the other one goes away. So that's Whoa. something to factor in. It's not yeah. only the franchises that you want to see, and we'll assume that this is all you watch for the rest of your life or whatever it is you want <laughs> to assume, but the other franchises go away when you choose one. And so there's some implications there. You're not only choosing your favorite, but you're also choosing the one that you never want to see again. And uh, because Sanjay, you're the one that, that brought this to our attention, this kind of little fun trip into uh, into the Matrix here. What are your What are your thoughts here? Star Wars and Indy or The Dark Knight and Cap? I have a feeling I know oh. where you're going to lean, but uh... man, this this isn't even a question for me. Like this is Dark Knight and Cap all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Like I, I love Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I've seen the first one. I liked it, but I mean, you come on, you're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. The Dark Knight trilogy by itself, I would never get rid of that trilogy. Yes, I know it's a Batman trilogy, and I just went on a long diatribe <laughs> about Batman and how he's all over the place. I, I recognize the irony here, okay? You know what happened um, right there, Sanjay? Batman just won because he always wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even when I go against Batman, he always wins. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, and then you throw in the Cap movies. I mean, come on, Winter Soldier and Civil War. And even like... Don't forget about the those... first Avenger there, brother. Oh, I mean, yeah, man, first Avenger in there, absolutely. And it makes a nice three movie. But yeah, man, those six, for sure. No question about it, those six. Okay, there you go. All right, Troy, man, what do you say about yeah, this man. one? Did you struggle with this one as much as I did? Well, I'm... it's... So we're talking. The red pill is uh, Indiana Jones. Indy and Indiana Jones trilogy and the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. Okay, that's okay. So it's the original. Yeah, Star sorry. Wars trilogy. Yeah. Okay, no, that's all good. Um, shoot. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it is. It is tough, man. Um, you know what though? Um, hot take. I'm not. I'm not an indie guy. I thought growing up as a kid, I was like, yo, like the hat and the whip and that the look that is cool, right? And then I go back and I'm like. Yeah, this doesn't really work for me. So I, I know I'm really odd with that choice. So indie is easy for me to forget. But I mean, Empire, Return yes. of the Jedi, Farm Boy, Luke, Vader. <laughs> oh. But I mean, come on. Like First Avenger, Richard Soldier. Like to me, easily, like easily the best trilogy is Cap. It's yeah, Cap 1, 2, 1000%. Um, and Nolan, the first two, fire. So, um, <laughs> you just had to... Get that knife into me, eh, Trey? You're just like Talia al Ghul with the knife in my back. Oh, yeah, with that horrible death scene, right? Um, <laughs> it's a three-hour yeah. movie. She the was tired. Was like 10 yeah, Nolan doesn't let anyone sit on chairs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was so yeah, exhausted I'm... from standing all day. <laughs> <laughs> Great actress. Dude. Great actress. No, um, I'm going to go with uh, Cap and Bats, man. Uh, Ooh. Oh, this, uh, this is... Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like I can go back to uh, the cat movies all day, all day. I can do this all day. I go back to those films <laughs> all the time, man, all the time. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the blue pill. I'm not promoting taking pills, but I'm going to go with <laughs> no. six yeah. pills. None of us are promoting that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially unmarked pills. <laughs> <laughs> From strangers, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Get the goddamn Batman. Can he, can he make this interesting or is this going to be uh, the obvious choice here? Well, you know, I like hot tamales better than I like blue raspberry Mike and Ikes. But come on, like, <laughs> there's no putting up airs. I'm sitting in the back cave and I have a Captain America shield in the corner. So 
Yeah, I'm going bats and cap all day long. Yeah. Take it away, Tim. Oh, well, see, <laughs> you guys, I thought this was going to be more of a struggle because I had this personal dilemma where I've thought about all these loopholes on how I can answer this question. <laughs> so as difficult as it's going to be to do this, I'm going to have to take the red pill. I'm going to have to take Star Wars and Indy. Oh, are you a big indie guy? I love Indiana Jones. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Temple, but Raiders and The Last Crusade, man, I could watch those, you know, endlessly. I love both those films. And of course, I'm a Star Wars guy. And the way I got around this in my head is that I always have the Avengers trilogy and I always have Cap and comics. And so if I have to give up those three films forever, I think I could, because I don't think I could give up the Star Wars films. One. And the indie is a nice consolation. So I'm going red pill here. Like it's, I, wow. I got to keep those Star Wars films in my life, especially the original trilogy, man. It's, uh, but I agree with you guys. Like the, the cap trilogy is, I think the best, like notwithstanding the Avengers stuff and all that, but it's the best consistent story, even with civil war, which is arguably an Avengers film, but it's still a cap story within that. Like holistically, it is a cap film that has the Avengers as supporting cast, if that makes any sense. Like yeah. that's that's exactly what it is. And it's 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 interesting that the Russos were able to deliver that that sort of ensemble. But yeah, for sure. It's so well it's interesting. I thought this would be more of a debate, but I guess not. I guess it's uh <laughs> it's it's interesting and maybe obvious for for some individuals on here. I, I think you just picked the red pill so that we didn't get thrown out of the Commonwealth. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So we'd be interested in hearing what you guys have to say. You know, would you would you toss away Star Wars for Dark Knight and Cap? Uh, does is India a game changer? I think out of all the trilogies, I think we could all say that Indie probably isn't the swing point here by any means but uh interesting discussion i'd love to hear what you guys have to say out there maybe even hop on get vocal and let us know what you think about about those answers that'd be uh, an interesting discussion to have on friday that's friday july 3rd at uh seven mountain nine eastern get on there all right boys let's let's jump over into our trailer talk for this week talking about the best trailers in the nerd space of all time. We're going to take that TMNT news. We're just going to chuck it to next week just because I want to get into this. I want to have some time to talk about this, boys. Now, trailers are something that we focus a lot on here. And I have to say, personally, out of all the things that have changed over the last four months, whatever it's been, as the world's gone through this you know, crazy wild transition to something new, different, whatever it is, the trailers are one of the things that I probably miss the most. I can deal with staying inside. I can deal with hunting online. But man, I am missing film trailers. I'm missing those big epic MCU, DC Extended Universe, Spider-Man, Disney Plus, HBO Max. Like We're not getting anything, guys. Like It's been a while since we reviewed a trailer here. And I'm really missing that. And so that's why we thought it'd be great to go back and discuss some of our favorite trailers in our franchises, in the nerd space. Because trailers is something that, for me, is almost as fun as the experience of the film. The build-up, the watching, the anticipating. You know, These have become global events now, trailer drops. If you guys remember, like, let's talk about this a little bit, about you know what our experience with trailers are. To me, the first time I remember watching a trailer was on VHS. You know, playing before whatever film... It was either at the yeah. front or the back. Stay until after the movie to watch trailers of upcoming features from Disney. 
these type of things. Like that's where I saw the majority of trailers. And then beyond that, it was the theater. Like, do you guys remember, Carlos, do you remember going to the theater a couple minutes early, 10, 12 minutes early? I remember even five, 10 years ago, I'd go get in line because I wanted to be there for the trailers. And even when they started doing this reservation stuff, I said, I got to be there early because I want to watch trails because we didn't have them at our fingertips five, 10 years ago. Even go beyond that. Like this to me was part of the event of film going, of going to the theater was the trailers. Like Carlos, did you remember the VHS stuff? And then did you always experience trailers as, oh, they were events to before the film you're going to watch? Yeah, like I always loved the surprise yes. of it. Yeah. And like if anything, that's almost what I hate about the commercials at the beginning of movies mm. now. And it's not that I dislike the commercials, but it's like I love that kind of the rush to get to your seat and to make sure you're seated and even getting low key annoyed at the people that weren't sitting down <laughs> and giving the trailers their due respect. Like uh I, I still have a buddy who I'm not talking to till he gives me my uh, 12 bucks back for making me pay to go see Wing Commander so he could see the <laughs> Phantom Menace trailer. <laughs> well worth it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, trailers uh, trailers are a big deal. To be honest, for me, I used to watch when I was a kid, like the Siskel and Ebert stuff and mm. Entertainment Tonight and those types of shows. Uh, and that's where I'd grab the trailers and I think just subconsciously like that's what I was hoping for was like these little glimpses and I didn't get to go to the movies a ton when I was a kid so get these glimpses of these films there and that's kind of where I remember seeing movie trailers and just crossing my fingers hoping that I'd be able to see stuff so yeah it was shows like yeah Siskel and Ebert at the whatever it was called at the movies tonight or whatnot and entertainment tonight I remember video hits drop trailers for pop culture type films or films that had mm-hmm. music videos tied to them and whatnot. So yeah, that's my, my first memories of movie trailers and whatnot. So and the, it was, it was so cool too, like going to the theater. And like you said, it's that surprise. Like I didn't know they're making part two of whatever, right? Like, 100%. oh my, like, and here it is. I like as a kid and even into my teens, I didn't read too much. I wasn't going to entertainment newspaper or whatever it was, the magazine and flipping through as to what's coming next. And, and now we're so consumed by it. We get, you know, from the moment the clapper goes right through to the end of the film, like we follow the production, not only because of the podcast, but just because it's out there, it's chronicled in a big way. And it's a big business now, like books and magazines and websites and leaked websites and all this kind of stuff. And so that surprise element has gone away from when you when you sat down in the theater and was like what is coming or that fingers crossed that they're going to show the trailer for whatever the new Batman film before I'm watching you know Independence Day or whatever right and that was always, like I remember like sitting and the trailer for Men in Black I believe was on the Independence Day VHS and it was like you think you've seen everything with Independence Day it's like boom and he got Men in Black I was like what is this and like it's such a cool experience, Troy. Man, do you, do you have that that same kind of nostalgic feel for the anticipation, the surprise, and kind of that first moment seeing like a true first look at a trailer sitting in the theaters when you're younger? Yeah, yeah. S- similar to Carlos, I remember ET Entertainment Tonight or or ET Canada. You know, um, I'd always watch those shows. But I remember my mom taking me to. Uh, I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember the trailer and it was Lion King. Lion King dropped mm. and it's Elton John on the mic and, you know, the animal parade, the birth of a Simba. And I just remember the trailer 
like ending and it's just like boom red text kind of like kind of like last jedi red text and then it's like <laughs> 1994 you know lion king whatever and i was like whoa what is this you know what i mean i was blown away i was like this is cool like those trailers were awesome batman forever like those kind of trailers uh the power rangers movie uh, which was cool because that's like a tv show going to the to the yeah. cinemas i was like this is this is next level so yeah trailers have always been a big big thing the disney movies i remember i had all those on vhs and i remember they would always give you like um tarzan i remember watching tarzan and they were talking i think it's either hercules or tarzan it must have been hercules i was watching hercules and then they would explain like the music how they teamed up with nsync to do the song or phil collins to do this music or how the artist or the illustrator would base tarzan's movements off of a skateboarder because skateboards were the big things when we were kids right and they would give you little behind the scenes or little trailers little clips so whether it's on the big screen or whether it's on the vhs it was it was an experience. It was it was awesome. It was so cool to just get that little snippet of the movie and it would just get your interest, you know. And I think we were less critical. We were definitely less critical on trailers. You oh, would yeah. just be, you know, oh, blown yeah. away by we're getting this. Cool. Take it. Didn't matter what the narrator sounded like. Didn't matter what the costume looked like. Didn't matter if it just if it was interesting by any means, you were like, boom, I'm in. Yeah. Um different times completely but very uh, different times <laughs> yeah now yeah. now sunny you're sitting in front of like 2000 plus movies which means you're sitting in front of probably 6000 plus trailers <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it, it's such a big space now and arguably one of the most important promo tools that a film has but going back like troy said like it wasn't about how bombastic these things were what narrative they spun you know it's an art form now back then it was about informing you more more so than anything like this is coming here's some cool scenes mm-hmm. from it it doesn't really matter what i say right it's it's almost about the visual and now now there's got to be storytelling in trailers like we demand it and so and like they're throwing us off so so like taking going your headspace back back a few years 10 20 years like like what, what were trailers to you back then i just remember um movie night with the family um you know you'd rent the vhs or the dvd and then you would sit there and then you wouldn't fast forward through the Mm. trailers my family would like make us sit through and watch the trailers and i'd always be like just get to the movie and then my parents (laughs) like no you gotta watch the trailers because how do we know what's coming up um but like now now i do that too like when i pop in the movie i'll watch the trailers because i'm like well let's see what's coming up even if it's like an old film i'll still watch the trailers because maybe it's like a movie that i haven't seen before so i'll uh i still like watch the trailers now and i do appreciate them because it is kind of nostalgic because like in vhs's you're just like ah no i don't want to like get up and hit the fast forward button let's just like watch it um but like in terms of like trailers that i remember like the one i remember now i can't remember exactly which one it was but it was spider-man one and i remember there's like i can't remember if this was the one that got pulled or if this they even showed this one they never but it was it. like spider-man they, was it they never showed it the you're talking about yeah the like the, the twin, twin towers, towers one mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I think cut. yeah um but i remember like seeing that like hearing about that and then like having to seek it out online but i do remember like spider-man like the trailer just like that we were getting a Spider-Man film. Like, you know, as you said, like I had no idea that we were getting a Spider-Man film and just the idea that like one of like 
my favorite superheroes was getting a film like a film that wasn't batman or superman was super cool <laughs> and i think it was like around the time of x-men so i think they must have shown it when i went to see x-men in theaters so yeah man just like the spider-man trailer is just super cool so um i've always liked dug trailers and even like now i think you said it's like an art form i think they're like getting better um you know like some there's some like classic trailers but for sure people's whole job now is just to like promote and just like cut and do trailers companies that that's all they do yeah Yeah. it's cut trailers and like like i said like you could argue the point that a trailer at least in my opinion it is the most important marketing tool that they have it's you got TV spots, toys, you know, billboards, tie-in material, chips, pop, whatever, posters, all this. If you have a trailer that doesn't land with an audience, I think you're going to struggle. And I always say, if you can't find two solid minutes of footage to put in front of me to get me intrigued to see a movie, there's something wrong with your two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta intrigue. It's like a comic book too. That first issue has got to be a banger. It's got to intrigue you enough that you want to go see this. And I think we're going to talk about here in a few minutes that companies even take liberties with these trailers by inserting footage and elements that actually aren't in the film. But because they're telling a story within the trailer, they've snuck in pieces or they've changed things. You know, Marvel's notorious for this now about changing up things, adding in just trailer scenes that they've shot. You know, case in point, that Infinity War scene when they're all running towards the camera, I never showed up in the film. We were all waiting for it. It never happened. Yeah. Right? That Hulk wasn't even there at that point. <laughs> so, you know, like, and like the medium of trailers, like I find it is very, very subjective, right? It's very similar to filmmaking. Some of these work for people. Some of these don't. But I think if you go and look at it, you could argue that maybe it's formulaic, but the quality of the trailer doesn't necessarily reflect the quality of the film and vice versa, right? Like you could have a, an awesome trailer and a film that doesn't quite land for you. And some of that goes into the misleading aspects of what trailers are doing. You know, they're promo tools, like they're meant to draw people in. And so they're cut a certain way, but like Troy, what for you makes a good trailer? What does a trailer need to have? What are the elements it needs to have? to get you intrigued. Like you go back and watch the original star Wars trailer, even that Spider-Man trailer. I did a ton of watching trailers today. (laughs) They are not good trailers. Like (laughs) when you contrast them to the trailers of today, like there's Mm -hmm. something very, very, like I said, like, like it's like the narrative behind a trailer and the Mm -hmm. art form behind the, it's very different. Even the last four years, it has changed on its head as to what the expectation of a trailer is. So Troy, like, what is Mm -hmm. it about, a modern trailer will say that gives you the chills that gets you in there, gets you invested in wanting to see these. Um, definitely. There has to be a, at least one or two money shots. You mm-hmm. got to have that shot that just gives you chills, whether it's a, where I will get into it when we, you know, break down our list, but whether it's like a headshot of somebody, whether it's a silhouette, whether it's an action sequence, Oh man, you got to have one of their, those in there. You got to have some great uh, narrative form telling, like mm-hmm. some kind of clean slate that kind of plays on words, but kind of tells you what the whole movie is about. Um, I'm basically looking at Star Wars. Star Wars nails it. I love oh, what Star Wars so does good. with the Disney trailers. Yes, like those are those are just fantastic and breathtaking. And I liked um, this is a bonus, but I like a little bit of a score. If you can throw in a nice, cool score. Agreed. Come on, you have yourself a trailer. So with, for me, those three fundamentals right there, 
you got me. Yeah, those, I, those are kind of my, my my fundamentals. Yeah, I fully agree with you, especially with, and I think this is a relatively new thing, a trailer score. Mm-hmm. You go back even five years, they pull some stuff out of the film, some the film score, and even go back to the two thousands in that. This, there's nothing consistent about. You've got music, pop music with the theatrical score layered in. It doesn't flow. But now mm-hmm. you go to what Star Wars and, and I think particularly the MCU have done, and even the more recent DC Extended Universe stuff, is that they have this consistent theme that's built into the score of the trailer that, yeah. to me, guides my emotions through it. And I yeah, think that's definitely. the most important part to me is definitely. a good trailer has an incredible score yeah. that makes you feel a certain way. Like you contrast Guardians to an Endgame trailer, yeah. there's two completely different feels to that. And it's all in the music. Like, it's all in that. Such an important piece to me. Now, Sonny, like, do you feel the same way about, you know, what Troy said? Is it the music? Is it the visuals for you? Like, do you need those money shots? Do you need something that is quick and dirty and doesn't tell you too much about the film? Um, To me, I'm kind of like a minimalist. Like, you know, I'm probably going to see the film if it's a superhero film. <laughs> so I don't need to see like, you know, the reveal of the villain or like uh, a scene where it's like really going to like take you by surprise. Um, so for me, like just show me a couple shots of the hero, um, maybe like some like, you know, I use like the score, the music. Absolutely. You got to have good music. Um it's it's funny because you talk about like how trailers how far they've come. Do you guys remember that like Batman Begins trailer that's set to Nickelback? It was like a TV spot and like it oh. made the film look <laughs> so different than what it actually was. Like it made the film look like it would be like Batman Five in like the Burden Purse, and Batman, and then it's like yeah. set to Nickelback. Yeah. Do you remember? Hey man, his me? song in uh, in Spider Man One is really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man yeah. had like the Unreal soundtracks back then um but yeah no uh and uh one thing that like you got to do because i watched a lot of horror films and this is like a big deal in like horror films today is the trailer doesn't actually tell you the tone of the film so they'll give you like this like artsy horror film that's like filled with dread and it's all about tension but the trailer will show like the 30 seconds of terror with like the monster coming at you and so people go in expecting this like terrifying movie where it's like wham bam like scares on every turn but in actuality it's more of like a think piece and then people come out of the film and they go that film was trash i hated that film and it's because of the trailer the trailer like led them astray so for me the trailer's got to strike the tone of the film um it's gotta i mean and you don't know until you go see the film so you kind of got to judge the trailer after but you know you could go into a film and this you know it could make you seem like you're going to get like this like bombastic film, but it's more of like reeled in and it's more of a thinker. So for me, trailers definitely have to strike the tone of the film. They can't be, this is the tone of the trailer and then this is the tone mm-hmm. of the movie and then they don't mesh up. So to me, they got, they got to do that. That's the biggest thing, but I guess you can't really judge that until you see the film. Um, so, I mean, they do try to just get your butt in the seat 
but for me it's got it's got to strike that tone yeah well it's an interesting point and this is something i want you to comment on too here carlos when you're talking about what you need in a trailer and it's this idea of misleading an audience you know it's a very good point you bring up because it's something that we've seen more recently you know if you go back to trailers of the past they're very plain at explaining what the film is about if you go back to the phantom menace x-men I went to watch Batman 89. It's very, it says, this is what the film's going to be. There's no leading you down (laughs) any sort of path. Here are some money shots. Here's what it's going to be. Boom, go see it. You look at films like Suicide Squad is guilty of this. Iron Man 3 is very guilty of this. Like, do you remember that first trailer for Iron Man 3? You'll never see me come. We didn't see it coming at all. Because the whole tone (laughs) of the film was sold as something in the trailer. And we got something completely different. I talked to my wife about this earlier and she was like, I said, what's a trailer you remember? And she always says, you'll never see me coming. But she says, that wasn't what the film was about. Like it sold you the Mandarin. And same with Suicide Squad. It sold you that poppy Guardians of the Galaxy type vibe. And both these films weren't what they were sold. So Carlos, like when you're looking for a trailer, what are you looking for? And how do you feel about being misled by a trailer to, to, you know, intrigue you enough to come in, but when you sit down there, you're like, whoa, I, I was sold on a product here and this isn't what it was. Yeah, I kind of fall in both Sonny's camp and Troy's camp. So um, I very much am a proponent of a trailer selling you what the movie actually is so that you're not misleading people. And like, really, all that's going to do is generate ill will down the road. Like, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened with Iron Man 3. Like, I like that movie more than most people now, I think, but I hated it when I first saw it because one of my favorite scenes in the MCU is Iron Man returns to Afghanistan. And I wanted to see a whole movie with that tone and tenor, which is what the trailer sold me. But then you go in and it's kind of jokey and very much a Shane Black type film, but that's not what you had set me up for. Right. And then when you see the Mandarin for what he is in that movie, um, that almost added insult to injury. So I, I do agree with Sonny that a trailer has to has to be reflective of what you're selling. But I'm with Troy in that you got to set the uh, give me some money shots, give me give me a little bit of candy, like let me see those things to really whet my appetite. Don't give me everything though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, probably the best for doing this was those Star Wars like the sequel trilogy because they gave you tons of stuff but the way they cut it and the way that they use the dialogue that you interpret the meanings three four five seven different ways Mm -hmm. um so you didn't know exactly what you were walking into like i I hate the trailers that just basically show you the entire movie and you know that you've seen every action sequence so you're basically paying to see two yeah Yeah. It's, it's like the simpsons with mcbain when Homer watches the trailer in the video store and then the guy's like, do you want to rent it? And he's like, why bother? I just saw the best parts. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that was a, that was a thing in like the eighties and early nineties. Like that was the tale of the tape where it's just like, yeah, you basically see every single action sequence and every good point in the movie. So yeah. And with that, like, I don't mind the little, uh, Mr. X, like the MCU with, the. Uh, uh, the Avengers kind of charging towards the screen with the Hulk and whatnot because that totally hid the fact that Bruce Banner and the Hulk have irreconcilable differences mm-hmm. through the entire film. So that stuff's cool. Like, I appreciate that in this day and age. Like, I think 
because we know exactly how the sausage is made, the studios are in a position where they have to do that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's false advertising because that scene very much fit in the tone and tenor of the movie. Yeah. It just wasn't there. It was a little misdirect. But when you when you do stuff like in some of the examples that you guys put forward where the trailer is conveyed as one thing and the movie is something completely different, I, I think that's offside. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the taking their liberties is I think appropriate and the misdirect even go to the first Star Wars uh the Force Awakens trailer when you got Finn lighting up the lightsaber. Incredible mm. moment, but that made us all think that Finn was the Jedi, right? And yep. even on the posters, he had a lightsaber. And so it was like major misdirects. And I can appreciate what they're doing there, right? They're trying to preserve that film experience, that in-theater experience, right? While also giving you something that can whet your appetite enough that's going to push you into the theater. Not that we wouldn't be there with these films, but it just it's just something special. And like for me, guys, very much echoing your thoughts. It's the trailer score for me. Holy moly. Those Star Wars films, the late MCU trailers too it's all about the score and i like the way that they use dialogue even dialogue that's not in the film they overprint it and instead of having a narrator that they did in the early 2000s kind of telling you what the film was going to be about they use actual film dialogue or individual pre-recorded dialogue that goes over the music and really hits the beats you know one of the things i always you know leapt at with a black panther trailer is the way that they use the musical beats to put the film yeah. scenes to, right? And it all just like boom, 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 right? Like I love when they're going into Wakanda and they've got that just amazing soundtrack. And as you're going through the shield, it's like this boom, boom, boom. And it all step in step with the music. Like it just feels like it's a consistent piece. That's a big thing for me, right? It's it's almost like this you know short two minute story that you're telling me. And it doesn't even have to be the right story. It just has to be a intriguing story or an intriguing story. And that's what I absolutely love about trailers. And that's why they're my most favorite things. Like I literally rewatched probably 25 trailers before, before <laughs> doing this. And I got goosebumps from a couple of films that are trailers that we're going to talk about here right now. Like st- I've seen these films, some of these films 10, 15 times, and I still get goosebumps from the trailers. Like that's how impactful these things can be. And that's why they're, I think, so important for for films. So guys, let's get into it. We're going to do a little round table here. We'll chuck this around maybe three times or so. And just talk about some of our, whether they're the most impactful or trailers that we thought were, you know, the most well laid out, things that maybe were even nostalgic to you, you know, with the first trailer that you ever remember anticipating. So guys, what were those best trailers in this nerd space of all time for you? I'm going to start it off with Sunny. And lay us on it, lay one on us, you know, best trailer in your mind, count them up, count them down, however you want to do it. Let's hear that. All right. Or hear A1. Um, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just name one. I, I can't really uh, number these because they're all my babies. Um, I'm going to go back not that long ago to, in my opinion, is one of the best Marvel films of all time. Um, and that's Logan with Johnny Cash mm-hmm. playing Jeez. Hurt in the background. I mean, just such a perfect combination yeah. of those too and like the way that the film looks it just looks so epic and you see scenes with like Hugh Jackman is like this withered old man and it's just like you know you're in for something different you know this isn't X-Men apocalypse where it's just all special effects and it's all battles like you know this is something else and like the end where like the song is crescendoing and like it's like the piano's oh, playing so good. and you see like the car fl- flying around and then 
he's like someone will come along and then like professor x is like someone has come along and just like that moment was just so perfect and that trailer just like sold me to it and then at the end of the film when they did play uh johnny cash another one of his songs over the credits i thought that was a nice touch but definitely logan i still love that movie um and they actually man like actually like as i mentioned it's it's up there for me like not just like superhero films but like not just marvel films but just superhero films in general that's one of my like top five top ten of all time it's just a spectacular film and that trailer just really set the tone you knew you know i you knew what you're going to get into and the song was great and the action was great it's just it was just a perfect trailer yeah it was it was really well done and that, that goes good. to the trailer score man you take away mm-hmm. that cash song different trailer like same yeah. footage same visuals different trailer and i throw a just... nickel back and you get a different vibe <laughs> very much so <laughs> so all right carlos man what what's what's on your list here and one of your best top trailers of all time you know what and it was a huge memory for me and so as i was i wasn't checked out of our recording here i was actually vetting my memories because i was like <laughs> i remember this and i remember this a certain way but then you guys were talking about the rammy twin towers trailer never hidden i was like no i remember seeing Did it, hit? it i remember that moment and i remember everything and so yeah so it played for four months okay and, um, I, I knew it okay i knew 11. i remember seeing that happened yes. okay. and they pulled it and they pulled the poster the poster so. yeah i remember the poster interesting because it was a big banner too okay my bad my bad didn't do my homework. Yeah, yes. okay. So, You're kind of like gaslighting me there. I was like, did that actually happen? I was like, I feel like it did. But no, thanks for uh, vindicating me, Carlos. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries. You get beaten up by these two quite a bit. So I had to step <laughs> up and, and defend you, even though even though you ran Batman. Oh, come on. Two shows now. He deserves I, it. He was, I, I gave him a lot of pops before, you know, I took him down a peg. Because sometimes Batman just needs to be taken down just a little bit. Okay. We, we ride on you, Sanjay, for grounding us. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the show. Um, you know what? That's that's a special trailer and a special memory because I remember sitting in the theater and that was kind of the era of going to see not-so-great movies like, like The Italian Job and <laughs> like The Wedding Planner and stuff of that nature. And... Um, but we were going to lots of films at the time. And so sit down and like this bank robbery or jewelry store robbery trailer starts playing. And it's like, ah, yeah, this is going to be another one to skip kind of thing. Like doesn't look like anything special. And then the trailer starts playing out in the helicopter. Like it's not until the very end of the trailer that it's like, oh, man, this is a Spider-Man movie. And that was kind of the... I'd seen like a painted still of Spider-Man and one of the Green Goblin, like the promo art images, but you hadn't actually seen somebody in that costume and moving around. And I remember kind of cynically thinking like, okay, this looks cool in the painting, but let's see what he looks like in motion kind of thing. And then, yeah, like I remember the camera panning back and you see that this helicopter is wrapped up in a spider web and, then they cut the Spidey and he just kind of looks away from the camera and spins a web and off you go, boy. And oh, oh it oh. Uh, dreams do come true. Yeah. So that yeah. was that scene I'm, in the film originally? No, or was that a trailer they, scene? Like, did they, they cut it? it for, no, it was like made specifically for, oh, that's cool. for the purpose oh, okay. of that, right? Because 
that was kind of the advent of the internet age. So that mm-hmm. kind of stuff wasn't really at your fingertips. No. And so if you didn't see it, like we were talking before on a entertainment show or in a theater, you weren't seeing it. So yeah, that got that film into the zeitgeist real quick type of thing. So it's unfortunate that it became so infamous with the tragedy, but uh, mm-hmm. that, that was a special moment being a Spidey guy lifelong that you get to see something like that. Like, that was pretty cool. Very cool. I've never seen that trailer ever. Oh, really? No? I, oh, yeah. You I know what? I just I tripped across in my uh, in my fumblings. I guess somebody bought thirty five millimeter print and did a high def two thousand quality version of that crazy uh, trailer. So I'll send it to you once we're done here. Yeah. yeah. So. I've, awesome. That's oh, wild. Wild. All right, Troy man. Is is there a Spider Man oh. one in here for you, or what, like what do you like? What's some of these best trailers of all time for you? Yeah, no, I, I got one in the mix, but I mean, um, I mean, my dude just represented Spidey, so I'll represent uh, his boy Bats. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know how, uh, I don't know how happy he's gonna be with this one. But listen, <laughs> 2016, man, this movie was, it was probably my most anticipated film. Uh, BVS, that trailer, like mm-hmm. that trailer, dude, was just crazy. Um, again, the, the money shots we're getting, we're getting like. The DC universe to me has always been more of like the godlike figures, right? The yeah. heroes. And you're getting shots of like Superman looking like a god in the sky, people reaching out to him, like classic Snyder shots looking probably best, like the best ever at that time. Um, we're getting Ben Affleck staring down his cowl in uh in, in the back cave and just just no performance or no acting, nothing come out of his words or no dialogue, just him staring at the cowl and I'm like, wow, this is this is my Bruce. This is my Batman just right here. Um and then I think you even get uh the cool shot when they're fighting. You get Henry Cavill Superman like just jetting down doing like the classic superhero pose. Yeah. And it's like a back shot of uh of, of Batman. It's so cool. You get do you uh tell me do you bleed? Like that line was like whoa like the tone they took this was crazy because it's superhero films at this point. Like we're not, I know civil war is coming up, but we're, uh, we're not at the point where we're seeing heroes fight heroes. Mm-hmm. And especially in a dark tone like this, cause this is, we're coming off of like injustice. So that's kind of familiar territories. We're seeing like heroes fight each other. Um, civil war, the comic book wasn't until, you know, it was 2006. So it was, it was 10 years before, but seeing this on a live action in like a two, three minute trailer cut was just like it gave me all the goods that I needed to see this film. And um, till this day, man, this is this is one of my favorite trailers, obviously, because it's in my list. But I just <laughs> I loved it so much, man. So, so much. This trailer was great. It's actually one I revisited on my 25 film revisit here. And nice. yes, <laughs> it's I, I agree with you. You know, say what you want to say. Like there is some like about that film or whatever, but there's some gorgeous shots in it. And a lot of those oh. shots are, you know, visually just painted on the screen for you yeah. in, in yeah. this trailer. So yeah, I agree with yeah. you. It is, uh, it's something that's very intriguing and it's almost around that time where you get like this pivot, like in that 15, 16, maybe 14, when trailers take a turn and then you, they develop into the things that we ask for now. Right. Yeah. And the one I'm going to talk about here is guardians of the galaxy. You know, the first mm-hmm. trailer that came for that. And again, this is another trailer that's almost full of footage that never was fully in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like the whole sequence was meant to introduce you to this ragtag group of individuals. And it's the What a Bunch of A-Holes trailer. And it's it's so <laughs> yeah. cool. It's it's the lineup. It's, you know, explaining who they are. Peter Quill, that, that, that moment at the start where he's stealing the orb and he says his name and then the music drops out. And he just, who? Like it's yeah. so well constructed and so 
aware of what the film is. That's what I really liked about it, right? It knew exactly what it was and that no one knew who any of these characters were. But by the end of the trailer, you're like, I'm into this. The music was great. The introductions were on point. You had no idea what the film was about. And it was just laid out for you in just beautiful fashion, like two minutes of an introduction to a group of characters that was two green people, a dude from a sitcom, a raccoon, and a tree. And you want to see it at the end, right? Like that sounds crazy on paper, but it worked. And it's like you're there in that music, like it's. I got the record upstairs, and we watched it over dinner. Actually, my 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 daughter calls it Uga Chaka music. Like Uga, you know what I mean? Like it's. It was just so well done. I loved that trailer when that popped. It was yeah. like, whoa, you know, that's off the back end of, of Winter Soldier. And it's like, what is going on here? Like, what is the MCU turning into? So that definitely makes a cut for me. Absolutely. Nice. Now, okay, Sunny Man, what's the, what's another one here that yeah. uh, has got your attention? All right. Well, this one will go back to 2012. Um, the end of the trilogy, the Dark Knight Rises trailer, where it's just like you hear the people chanting, mm-hmm. um, and then you got like the, the snow kind of falling. You see Bane with like the prisoners at Blackgate Prison, and he's like this like uh, intimidating force. And you got the little kid singing the national anthem before the football game. And then like the field explodes. And you're just like, what is this? Like Bane is crazy. And then like uh, Catwoman saying her speech about there's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne, and you better batten down the hatches while the people pull like the guy from behind his table, underneath his table out. And then like it ends with like, the sky kind of falling and you see like the bat symbol mm-hmm. in the sky with like the skyline. I mean, everyone was so hyped for this film because we were just coming off dark Knight, And, uh, this was like the end of the Nolan trilogy. Um, and I know Troy, you have your problems with the film. Um, but like the hype was oh, so, you huge. know, people, huge. the debate at the time was which film, if you could only see one, would it be the dark Knight rises or Avengers? Right. And like that just goes to show like how much hype that film had, because Mm -hmm. those were the only two films that year. You know, like you had to see two films. You were going to see those two films. And man, just like so much hype and like Nolan's he's like, I'm going to do this one last time. And there was some debate if he even would do it after like the tragic death of Heath Ledger, um, the Dark Knight taking like so long to like shoot and stuff. So Mm. him coming back was like such a treat to cap off the trilogy and man it was just such a cool trailer that was great yeah it 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 had me hook line and sinker and uh, and that was kind of like at the time i think youtube was like starting to like kick around Mm -hmm. so i think you could like still find it like i think they posted that one on youtube pretty quickly so like people just like watched it all the time like they didn't have to just sit around and wait they could actually go out and watch it whenever they wanted to yeah when you look, look yeah. at an effective trailer doing those things that we were talking about, like captivating people and getting you excited and curious about what this movie's going to be. Because I remember when that trailer dropped for like two weeks, I had people coming into my office all the time <laughs> that I like worked with on the periphery being like, what, like, does Batman really die in this movie? Like, I'm hearing these rumors <laughs> that they're going to kill him off. And like, what, what's going to happen? Like, and I was like, dude, I have to wait to see the movie just like you. Like, yeah, to see all these randos totally happy about it or excited and captivated. And it was uh, the hallmarks of an effective trailer for sure. So, yeah. Did, did you guys ever see the uh, the person, the fan that uh, cut the Batman the animated series to the exact trailer? 
and like pound for pound, oh. like frame by frame. It's it's the animated series, and like even from the football scene, everything really? matches. It's awesome, but they just use the trailer um, vocals to go over the That's animated cool. cuts. It's it's awesome, man. It's yeah. cool. Did it have yeah. the horrible Bane though with the nose exposed? <laughs> I can't remember because yeah, because there's the animated series and there's the new adventures, right? Was I can't like remember the which S&M Bane. Bane was like the uh, the tight leather. <laughs> yeah, all, all the animated Banes were bad for that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but check it out; it's worth checking. It's it's That's fantastic. Cool. Oh man, yeah. I totally will check it out. Awesome. All right, Carlos, man, I think you're next. What's uh? Yeah. Uh... You know what? I'm gonna go. I'll go retro again. It's kind of my brand, isn't it? Yeah, but like, so. yeah, back in the day, like trailers were kind of simple, where they just like unload just a bunch of cool footage, and it's like sometimes you'd have a bit of voiceover, but most of the time it was just like scenes from the movie kind of randomly cropped together, and quite often it was all the money shots just dumped one on top of the other. But uh, the trailer for Batman Returns. I remember kind of breaking that mold and it had like a really cool voiceover with a bit of poetry to it about like the penguin, the cat, and then the bat and like where these villains were coming from and adding a whole bunch of mystery and intrigue to like, who's this penguin man and where is he coming from? And what's this version of Catwoman all about that she's going to be a nemesis for Batman. And then they interlaced a few of those scenes with, uh, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne together and then Batman and Catwoman together and then Bruce doing a little bit of suiting up and like I in researching for the show today I kind of watched it just on a lark and I ended up watching it like three times because it is a great trailer and it doesn't give away much at all um, but at the same time it was just like oh shoot like he is back and I can't wait to see this new version of him kind of thing so yeah, man. Batman Returns. That's a money trailer. Like, it was ahead of its time, to be honest. I have yeah. to check it out, because the Batman 89 I watched, and it was just him floating around in uh, the Batjet. <laughs> yeah, like, it starts off with just, like, here's the climax of the movie. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> here it is. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, totally. Very cool to check that totally. one. So, yeah, when you watch the Returns one, you'll be, you'll be shocked at just the difference in uh, trailer craft between 89 and 92. Crazy. Cool. All right, team man, what do you got on tap here? Yeah, man, 2015 Star Wars: The Force oh, Awakens. Of course, this, <laughs> this was crazy. We talked a little bit about it already with Finn and the lightsaber. Uh, the marketing was all over um, him igniting that lightsaber. Seeing Ray uh, basically, you know, toboggan down that the sand dune mm. hill was just incredible. Um, the narrating too, right? We're getting all these different voices. We get that first cool shot of Kylo Ren in the snow and he's just checking out that lightsaber. Oh. And we're all like, who is this person? Like, oh man. <laughs> 2015 start like all the trailers, all the Star Wars trailers from Disney era have been top notch, yeah. hands down. But Fire this one, it's it's for me, it's between this one and Last Jedi, it's pretty close, but I nudge it just a little bit to the Force Awakens mm. for the trailer. And I love the score. I love the feel. It's maybe some anticipation too, because you know it's been 10 years since episode three and we're getting this film at last. And the hype level was was next level, man. This was this was huge. I just thought everything looked so cool and it was like a different a different look to Star Wars but still very similar at the same time. You know, the 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 cinematography was a little different but still stayed true at the same time. Um man, I just just lo- I love the film obviously, but the the trailer just really 
really worked for me so yeah. well. Oh man, I'm yeah. gonna expand on that because this is on the next one on my yeah. list too. Is the Force Awakens? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it, and it's one that plays musical cues to visual oh, cues gosh. beautifully. Like the start of the thing, you got that ding, and you can just see Ray's face. Yeah. And then you've got the, I will finish what you started. We see Vader's oh. head. And then it does the swelling of the music. And then you see the Falcon. Yeah. It's like, come it's, on. Like the white shot of her in the Super Star Destroyer too. Oh, like there's. Wow. Yeah, like it is, it is one of the best trailers. Cause there's two trailers there, right? There's, I believe that first one, which is just beautiful. And then the second one where Finn pops up at yeah, the Stormtrooper. Like huffing and puffing. Yeah. yeah. And then I think it's in that one where you see Ray going across the desert and you see the Star Destroyer in the sand and the X-Wing. And okay. I can't remember which is which, but both of those, like they kind of blend. But just, I agree with you. The Disney era of Star Wars trailers, yeah. next. Like that's game changing. Like I think Marvel takes a lot of cues later on in their trailer con- composition to that Star Wars stuff because it's just like, it sucks you. And this is one of the ones that gives me goosebumps when I watched it, yeah. right? And to me, like the the Rise of Skywalker did this too. Like they slow down the the score of the film and they just draw it out into this trailer. So beautiful. So 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 good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. And is... you have no idea what's going on. Like no, you, because the theory crafting these trailers just mm-hmm. build theories upon theories like no other. It's right? like oh, yeah. totally. black box, mystery JJ. Box. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is. Mystery man. box, JJ oh, Abrams. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with the sequel trilogy, love like. There's so much great iconic music in the Star Wars films, all nine of them. But like that string ensemble from the Last Jedi trailer mm-hmm. is the go-to music in my head every time anything Star Wars pops up of all, all the different music yeah. that John Williams has produced, which speaks to how incredible it was. Like it it's is, is that the modern, that's it's retro that that score you mentioned? Is that the one that uh, San Diego Sabres? Is that their intro? Is it that one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Tim, you know that San Diego. Yeah, I think it is. Is is it that one? Yeah. When you see, we see Kylo Ren, like the top view and he's doing like what Anakin's doing in episode three and he's marching with, uh, yeah, that, the, oh man. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. And the way the trailer ends, right. It's time for the Jedi to end. And you're like, what? Yeah. Luke didn't say (laughs) that. Did Luke say that? No. Like like, the Commonwealth picked apart that line. Like, is it busted up? Is it taken from two different parts in the film? What does it, you know, like, there was literally podcasts that spent endless hours talking about one line in a trailer. Like, that's how impactful those trailers were. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. wild. All right, guys, let's do one more time around the horn here and give us one more trailer each. So, Sonny, what are you bringing to the table? Yeah, man. Um, This is from one of my favorite directors, Um say what you will about his films but the dude makes bomb trailers uh that's Zack snyder um and i could have chose like all of them from snyder films like <laughs> watchman trailer was mm-hmm. unreal man of steel trailer like come on that first trailer that's another one with, where the uh, score is Russell super Pro. impactful yeah. right um bbs troy you mentioned was it oh sorry no, i was just saying the, the the flying sequence of man of steel oh that, yeah like jets out yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible. so good yeah. Um, BVS Troy you mentioned but I'm going to actually go back to um, Justice League and I know like a lot of these scenes weren't in the movie uh, but the Heroes trailer where they uh, I, I can't remember the band it's an Australian band and the background is them singing David Bowie's Heroes but it's kind of like an acoustic version and it's really like slowed down and you hear it in the background and you see all these like big uh, heroic shots of the Justice League 
and you see them together and you're just like, this is the first time we're getting the Justice League on film. Like what a great song to like usher them in. And, you know, I'm, I don't know at the time if this was like Whedon's footage or Snyder's footage or a mashup of the two. That almost doesn't even matter. Like it was the song, like that hero song, just like slow down and just the shots of the team. And like, you get to see like the first time you get to see Aquaman because um, his movie came out after and um, you get to see Ezra Miller as the flash and, you know, his movie is TBD and um, you see more Ben Affleck and Henry. Well, you actually don't see Henry Cavill. And that's one thing too is actually you see him at the beginning when he has the ring but you don't see him in like the Superman suit. And that's one thing that they kind of shied away from is showing Superman. I give him a lot of cred for that to, to yeah. not show Superman at all in all mm-hmm. those trailers. That was wild. Yeah. That's a huge risk they took. And I don't think it, 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 it's such a, it was such a cool idea. Maybe it didn't pay off in the film. We'll never know um, with the output. Um, and yeah. So to me, like that trailer, it was just the music that really, sold it for me it was just such a great song and i still listen to that song now like i'll pull it up on youtube and just listen to that song like if i'm at the gym or something and i just like need that like extra burst of energy there's like a minute left and like on on the bike and you're just like move your ass sanjay like, <laughs> you know you just think of that song so to me that's what sold it so uh justice league uh heroes i'm gonna revisit that i gotta check that one out yeah yeah it's so good out. it's so good too i got i got a version of the song in my head that i don't think is the trailer version <laughs> no not the david bowie <laughs> yeah version. which doesn't fit with what i'm thinking or the wallflowers head. one from yeah. godzilla 94 yes yeah. <laughs> we can be heroes <laughs> <laughs> all right carlos what's your last one uh you know what i'll bookend sanjay's pick um and go with the man of steel trailer I think it's trailer three with the Russell Crowe voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the, the what of a child aspired to be more. And they're kind so. of taking you very quick and methodically through Clark Kent's young life and him making choices. And then like the music starts to swell and you see him in some Superman action. And then you get the fly up scene with oh. the sonic booms coming off of him. And I, I remember oh. just being blown away. It was just like, I, this was the first time since Superman one that we see this iconic, larger than life, just mythical Superman on the big screen again. And oh, it it gave me chills. It gave me shivers. May have brought a tear or two to my eye. And then they close off after like the credits and the date with that scene of, um. Superman pounding Zod through the sky with the three punches. And that trailer and that scene became so indelible that that was part of integrated into Superman's finishing move on the Injustice 2 game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) That's crazy. He checks the guy out. It's the same camera angle and he throws the same punches at the guy. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's that the score behind those trailers, too. Where it's oh, like that, that slow, yeah, Zimmer score. Well, and like, what a testament to his talent. Like, John Williams' Superman score is mm-hmm. iconic. Like, it's imagine tough, tough telling somebody, <laughs> hey, come in and write a score that's equally as iconic to what John Williams did on Star Wars. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And you can't use any of his cues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Very good. You know, like I said, Zach Sarah, man, he's got, got a talent there. 
Um, it's it's that narrative that they tell in the trailers and the visualizations of it all. Poof, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. All right, Troy, man, what's the last one you're bringing to the nerd room this week? Yeah, man, I'm going back to 2016, man. This trailer, I knew exactly where I was. I parked in Toys R Us when it dropped. It was Civil War, but the Spider-Man reveal. Everybody oh, yeah. was, everybody and their dog was waiting to see the look and design of Peter Parker's Spider-Man's costume for his debut in the MCU. And I, I pulled over in that parking lot and I watched it on my phone and I was like, I had to watch it twice. The first time, like, all right, just let me see the costume. And then he, you know, he drops down and does the hello, everyone, or hey, everyone. And I was like, wow. And then I watched it again, obviously, to just see the cues. And I love that it still picks up the threads of, like, the political aspect of um, Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. But then we're getting the shots of, like, again, like, the heroes versing each other. Uh, Bucky. I think you do see the Bucky and Cap versus oh, yeah. uh, Iron Man. Oh, and they're just going at it. I was like, this yeah. is this is crazy. Um it was fantastic. We get to see Falcon uh, kind of have his new design of costume in there. Um, we get to see the return of um, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, mm -hmm. I believe, in that one as well. It was it was a trailer, man. But I just remember that reaction to just Spidey and, and how iconic it was with him holding the shield. Um, takes it right off Cap's hands. And it was just like, holy. And his eyes, his eyes went from like the cool animated Spider-Man to like the Ditko eyes. Like, this is the first time we're getting Spider-Man's eyes move, which was so cool. Um, that pose was just iconic. I remember later on when we got Civil War II, Miles Morales even ended up doing that same kind of pose with the Captain America yep. shield when went toe-to-toe -to -toe with that cap in that book. It just became something unreal at the time. And um, what a way to introduce that character in in this franchise of the MCU. So for me, that's that's a big one. That That trailer actually made something for my family to, like, when a trailer drops, we're all getting together and we watch it on like the bigger TV at home. And I remember like my daughter and I, she must have been was that 2016. So um, she was a lot younger then at that point and my wife as well. And we were just watched this film and we're just like, or this trailer. And she's a Spider-Man girl. And at the time, even she was like, whoa, this is so cool. And I just, it's a great one to go back to, man. Yeah. Great one. She's only, I think only two at that point, yeah. which is not to even believe. But yeah, man, those those are the days. I love that trailer so much. For me, it's probably like outside of the Disney era stuff of the, the Star Wars trailers. I think it's, that might be my favorite. An audible mention is uh, Age of Ultron as well. Uh, yeah. with the puppets. No, and the no strings on touch. No strings. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was close too. But this one for me mm -hmm. took it all the way. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I love that they dubbed in that. Hey, everyone, that's from a different, you know, it's not from that moment. Right. And yeah. it was just yeah. kind of like the what's up Spider-Man's in the, in the MCU. Like it was so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a huge kind of like, like meta, you know, approach yeah. to the whole audience. And just, it yeah, was so underoos. Yeah. Oh, oh so yeah. good. it was crazy. Cause we've all been anticipating. We've all been waiting for it. I think you even get black Panther in there too. You got a bit of a scene with him running mm -hmm. and gunning after um, yeah. Bucky. Under the tunnel, and it's just like, whoa! That's a cool chase sequence. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I remember it wasn't guaranteed we were going to see Spider-Man because Sony was dragging their heels and yeah. approving that look. So they actually had two versions of the trailer: one with the big reveal being Spider-Man, and the other one was the Giant Man. Mm -hmm. If they, if Sony didn't get their okay. stuff together. Yeah. Okay. Nah, crazy. crazy. Wild. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm gonna take us home with another MCU trailer, and I had a hard time between these two. So I'm gonna talk about them both just briefly. It's the Infinity War trailer number one. Mm. Like that was that was a big <laughs> Thanos trailer. Like the introduction of Thanos and his voiceover to this, you know, really low and beautiful score. Ah, so well done. It was epic. You had the Guardian Stinger in that with Thor. 
You got a glimpse of everyone, the Iron Spider suit. You got the bearded cap. You got Black Panther. Tell Get this man a shield. Like so many iconic parts in that. You got bits and pieces of what eventually turned out to be the Battle of Wakanda. And you've got, you know, Josh Brolin's Thanos, you know, doing his thing, like walking out and prophesizing all this stuff. Like it's just such a well-cut trailer. And then to go a couple years later and get the Endgame trailer... Like that first couple, like remember with Iron Man tapping the helmet and, you know, and talking to Pepper Potts and he's off in space and the color palette. And then, you know, you can also layer on the other Endgame trailer that has, I know I'm doing too many here, guys, but like (laughs) all the cut scenes from the MCU building up into the Endgame ones. Like the sequence of trailers that they put together for those two Avengers films, you know, I'd pair them all up because it's kind of telling the same narrative, but (laughs) just so beautifully done. To To me, those are impacted by what, disney's doing with star wars those trailers right if you don't get those epic star wars trailers i don't know if you get the same quality out of these these infinity war and endgame trailers like those are just so iconic like over 100 million views on these things and Mm -hmm. you know like it's they're just something else and they they do a good job that not telling you too much but set the tone especially the endgame trailers for what the film's going to be about you know that almost that that send-off right like we all you know those trailers led us to believe that especially the end game that Tony Stark was dead, you know, at the first part of the film. Yeah. So, well, and I remember too is cool because that trailer, again, going back to like the whole uh, infinity war sequence, how we don't see a certain scene, but they also took the liberties to um, show Tony Stark in his original form. Cause it wasn't until we actually saw the movie that was like, Whoa, Tony's like really struggling. And yeah. he's, like, he's a lot skinnier and you know, like he's going through some hard times. Whereas in the trailer, you didn't, you didn't see that. Mm-hmm which was kind of interesting. And and I really appreciate that because you get that effect more so when you're experiencing it on the yeah. big screen, right? For sure. And yeah. they even a son in the Endgame trailers in Infinity War, they're changing cap suit changes a couple of times. Like, so that they never showed him in the 2012 suit. He always had oh, like okay. the Winter Soldier looking suit on in the trailers. So you didn't get an idea right. that they had gone back to 2012 and all this right. stuff, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So very, very cool. Like those, those, M's, those are top tier trailers to me. Again, the, the chill inspired sort of of trailers like absolutely wild wild stuff and so guys this is you know i love 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 talking trailers it's one of my most favorite things to talk about in the podcast and i love revisiting this stuff and it's kind of this really cool spectrum that we've got across from you know some of the early stuff that carlos was talking about right up to trailers that happened you know less than a year ago and we're we're really in a treat here i think for what's coming next like this first batman trailer the next suicide squad trailer that we're inevitably going to get here at the end of august you know what it could be an eternals trailer like the next wonder woman 84 stuff this year has been absolutely on point so it's the trailer game is it's changed and i think for the better and they just keep building like it's it's interesting you know some of these trailers or most of these trailers we talked about have been within the last couple of years that have really been the the trailers that stand out amongst the crowd and yes they're for some of the biggest films of all time but you know these trailers are are an art form like i've said a few times on here and they, they truly are and i can appreciate them as such so Great conversation this week, guys. It's It's been an absolute blast again. We've gone a little long, but that's okay. You know, we enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. One last promo here. Get Vocal Friday. Tomorrow, if you're listening to us on Thursday, July 3rd, catch us on Get Vocal. Head to the Twitter feed, Instagram feed to find a way to sign up. It's free. It takes two seconds to sign up. Sanjay did it on his own. So you guys can do it. No problem. <laughs> Um, you should you should probably specify that it's uh, G E T V O K L. Yeah, 
get vocal. Get vocal. So that someone's not getting like get V O C A L and they're yeah. like, hey, they what's nothing's coming yeah. up. I got vocal and you're not on here. Their other <laughs> app. <laughs> so come have some fun with us. We're just going to be having a casual conversation about Nerd. We're going to use the form of live streaming to show some of our collection too. We're going to be bringing in little things here to show. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Interact with us, have some fun with us, and uh, just even enjoy a, a, a brew. I think that's a lot on there. You're not allowed to swear. Sunny, no nudity. So um, it's very that's stated. Sunjay, no nudity. When they when just they me, invited eh? us on so board. So you guys can then go nudity, but well, they know they know Sunjay, our, no <laughs> They listen to the podcast a few times. They get the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, but like we have Troy. So how else are we going to get subscribers to the new platform? Right. It was like it's a must. You gotta, you gotta use just like DC uses Batman. We gotta use Troy. Like it's just yeah. you go to your strongest asset, literally strongest. Out for the public, you give the people what they want. The I have to rethink my whole promo strategy. <laughs> All right, guys. You can Making find every- him blush. <laughs> yeah, jeez. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. You can hit us up on Twitter. Handles at the end of the episode, except for Carlos's, but his will be there eventually once he's through his trial run here. <laughs> and uh, what else do I got to say here, guys? Instagram at the nerdrm. Find everything we're doing. Carlos is throwing pictures up there after the episode, showing some of the stuff that's all from Snap Collectibles. Go check Snap Collectibles up. Mention the podcast. Talk to the dude. Say, hey, heard about you guys. And, uh, you know, he'll have a little discussion with you there. Uh, what else we got? Stars Commonwealth. Guys, go check them out. StarsCommonwealth.com and uh, Emotionally14.com. Our man Rob Wade sponsors us over there every single week. So go check him out along with the other endorsed podcasts. And, guys, again, get vocal. Let's get on this live stream thing. See you. Let's make something happen. Let's have some fun. And, uh, guys, we'll be back next week, likely with our listener choice film review of the quarter. So that's TMNT, Mortal Kombat, Star Trek II, Rathacon, and Blade. Those are the, the the films looking like TMNT. So make sure to head over to Netflix and watch that this weekend, even if we're not reviewing it. It's a ton of fun. I'm very excited that that is potentially the film we're going to be reviewing. So check that out. We're going to have a ton of fun next week. And like always, we're going to be back here talking Star Wars, Marvel, and DC every single week, every single Thursday. So with all that being said, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm Sanjay. <laughs> I was waiting. I thought he was, I was going to say, I'm nude. <laughs> <laughs> and thank That's you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world. 